You have a higher likelihood of getting tased than getting laid. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's July 25th, 2010. Time again for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 220. This is No Agenda. I am your agent, known as the former Soviet spy. Coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where it's... It's never gonna. Sun's never gonna come out. It's unbelievable. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. We got a beautiful day here, man. I might as well live in Seattle. Oh wait, I do. <laughs> never mind. It's a so, beautiful. Uh, are you up north? Or are you in? You know, you're northern Silicon Valley today. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's weird. You know, I was there for two days, and uh, weather was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, about two two o'clock in the afternoon it should be okay. But it, it was surprisingly chilly last night. So, what can I say? I got to tell you, and Christina was with me. On By this the way, trip. I want to apologize and say hello to all the ships at sea. Yes, and apologize for our tardiness. And uh, well, that's for those listening on the live stream. And of course, a, a big hello to all the human resources in the chat room listening live now at noagendastream.com and chatting at noagendachat.com. Hope you're all nice and charged up. Your government needs you that way. Um, so, uh, I was in San Francisco for two days and Christina had exactly the same thing. She was with me. She says, I feel, and when we were leaving, she's like, I feel like somehow there's something in San Francisco or it's the air or it's the water, but it kind of sucks the, the life energy out of you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel the same way. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But I was like, huh? It just, Yeah. Do you know what I speaketh of, John? No, I've been sucked dry for years. Oh, man. That is such a great opening for the show. Thank you. So, uh, the best you can do is not going to be that great. Yeah. Why don't we uh, get right into it? And uh, do we have any? Oh, there. No, let's get right into talking about wine and food. We got to get people (laughs) to go to our little restaurant. Well, what we were going to talk about something. What we're going to talk about. Um,. There was some wine and food thing we were going to talk about. Didn't we set that up prior? Mm-mm. Mm. No. Well, I don't remember. We did have a nice meal while I was in San Francisco at uh, uh, our favorite little lunch restaurant, uh, which is so favorite I can't remember the name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there he goes. It's the, the French place. going one day in San Francisco. He can't remember anything. <laughs> it's the French place. What's it called? Uh, Fringal. Fringal, right. I had the lamb shank, which was just outstanding. And they had, what, they had boiled that thing for seven hours or something? No, seven days or something. I can't mm. remember. Whatever the case is, they, they, it's, a, it's a good little place. And if anyone wants to have a, go to a good French bistro in San Francisco, we recommend it because you'll probably find us there. Yes, you will. If you know them in San Francisco, that's where you want to be for lunch. And, um, uh, and actually, just, just tell them that, uh, that we sent you. Yeah. Do you, know, do you remember, um, oh, I think it was maybe two or three times ago, and the guy we were talking to, well, I think we were grilling the waiter about the, about the French chick who serves there, the kind of the arrogant French chick. She's only, I've only seen her one, there twice, I think. She works the odd hours. Yes, no, it's, oh, she's only on Tuesdays for some reason or something like that. And we were talking about, and then he started talking to us about Sergey Brin's wife. Remember that? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, he mentioned Sergey Ser- Sergey 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 Brin's, Sergei Brin's wife. wife and that she had this really Sergei. weird DNA business 
that uh, yeah she's got some company she's a doctor she runs a dna service service company of some sort i didn't even know he was married <laughs> well it's called 20- i wasn't invited to the wedding let's put it that way the uh it's called 23 and me yeah. Is the name of this company and what they do. And I remember the guy telling us about this story. And Sergey is also invested in this company. Now, of course, for some stupid ass reason, I can't get the uh, story open, but I, it's all right because I remember what it was. Um, and Sergey he, invested for some stupid ass reason? <laughs> it, <laughs> it was a, uh, yeah, real stupid ass reason. No, but it's a DNA company and they take your DNA. Of course, they don't keep that on record or anything. And, uh, and they can tell if you're susceptible to any type of uh, illness in the future. Yeah. And so uh, I got a report. From so one, what's wrong with that? Eh, well, nothing really. But I got a report from one of our producers in the San Jose Mercury News. You being from that general area, John, I figured you'd probably be reading that. Uh, there was a, a, a GAO probe, which can be quite painful, uh, forwarded to the FDA and Federal Trade Commission about this company, 23andMe. And uh, they essentially said it's bogus. <laughs> the whole thing is bogus. You can't, you cannot t- uh, tell consumers uh, that they have a chance of getting, for example, breast cancer or a high risk of it based upon this uh, DNA analysis. And uh, and uh, I think they might want to put these this company and there's another one, Navigenics, out of business because it's like it's like fortune telling it's not uh, not based on it's any bogus. it's not based on any uh, science I just caught my eye I was like well that's kind of interesting and he, the report even says uh Sergey Brin's wife and Sergey also invested in the company hmm huh. anyway so huh well that brings up a lot of interesting points and watch, watch Kiki watch Kiki or co- the co-founder and watch Kiki is married to Sergey Brin, co-founder of Google, which partly, oh, Google partly financed 23andMe. Ooh. Mm. That's interesting. Well, that's going to be embarrassing if the whole thing's a scam. Mm. Well, or maybe it's right on the money and the government's saying, hey, we want to we be the people who have that info, not you. And who knows? Could be. It could be all kinds of weird stuff going on. Anyway, John, I'm... Really hoping we have a few executive producers. Yeah, we got for uh, this four program. executive producers and one uh, associate executive. Holy cow! And, and I want to push the one uh, executive producer. I want to create a, not a new category, but I want to. You know how they do it on the shows where they have executive producer and they have one person's name, then they have executive producer and they have three people's names. You've, you've seen this, of course. Yes. So they, 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 in other words, so I want an executive producer mm-hmm. standalone credit for Veronica Roberts, Veronica from Boise, Idaho, Roberts. Okay. Right. So a standalone. Okay, I've got standalone. Okay. Oh, I've got we, by some. the way, our next step is boxing things. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to do some work here now. Okay. Right. Well, no, I'm not. I'm going to put the boxing stuff off unless somebody you know just gives us night money right off the bat. Five hundred fifty-five dollars. Wow. Show with no comments. So that's just doesn't. it. She just sent us the money and no yeah, comments yeah. at all. She doesn't feel like yakking away. Wow, and and uh, and a, one of our few female uh, supporters. Yeah, and she gets a standalone. She's a standaloneer. Yeah, standaloneer. Nice. And then we have three, three. This is a good one. Three executive producers. Three executive producers who all gave. Don't three, tell 33, me. 
Well, actually, it's funny because one of them gave three thirty three thirty three, and then the other two gave three thirty three three thirty three. I don't know. <laughs> Just too many threes. I can't stand it. That's a magic number in the morning. Charles Jordan of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Working my way to knighthood. Visit my tiki bar when you're in Milwaukee. The Foundation Tiki Bar at www.foundationbar.com. Nice. Okay. A tiki bar. We had a party last <coughs> night. Set up a tiki bar. Um, Matthew Payton, Madison, Wisconsin. Wait a minute. Stop me. One of them's from Milwaukee. The other one's from Madison. <laughs> both from Wisconsin. Both giving 333. <coughs> uh, it's too weird, John. This is going to be a super special show. Uh, well, it's a typical classic random number theory at work. I've donated in the hope of getting some good karma for my friend Christina. She's been sick for a year, and I'll take anything that might help in the slightest way. I don't know what she's got. Yeah, well, good good karma Get coming well your way. soon, yes, Christina. Please, please. Eric Bodenstab or Stab Bodenstab in Bonner Springs, Kansas. Three thirty-three. Uh, someone at the National Treasure is getting program ideas from listening to the show, our show. That's worth some value for value support. If it's only because it's funny. Also, I need some karma trying to sell my house. Right on. Uh, I don't know what he's referring to, but I, I'm sure somebody. Now, just so we don't show up in some uh, GAO report, uh, you know, this karma thing. It, it. This is not something we've made up. This is not a selling proposition. Uh, it just seems to be there for some reason. Yeah, we don't know why, uh, but people keep reporting it, so we can't, we 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 we're happy just to take what advantage. They say. Of it. I don't know. I mean, we're not making, we're not claiming anything, and we don't assure karma can't be done. Zebediah Voigt in Climax, North Carolina, two hundred thirty dollars, and he'd be our associate executive producer, and he has a note which I have to go back and read because it's on the email. Uh, somewhere. Well, I bumped it off. Okay, well, I have it here. Uh, he's donated this week not only because... Oops, no, it came off the spreadsheet. Hold on a second. <laughs> You're hopeless. No, well, it's like he sends me... He says, see email, so I got to go with the email, and then because well, you... Did, well, if, if Eric knows that it's... If the shill knows that it's an email, why does he just paste the email in there? Because I didn't send him the email. Hmm. And the, the problem is, is because you lost the clips, I... I bump my browser off of his email oh, to it's, find uh, as, as long as it's my fault somehow it is it's always your fault you know that and mm-hmm. uh, that's what your wife used to tell you um <laughs> i thought we weren't going to get personal anymore on the show voi hold on a second i'm just kidding i kid i kid I'm just not that fast with the with the typing. John and Adam, thanks for the great show. I donated this week not only because I enjoy your show, of course, I, you know, uh, but also because I'm getting married. Oh, yeah, I have this one. This Sunday, instead of wedding favors for the guests, my fiancé decided to make small contributions on behalf of each guest to a charity. I went along with this, but only with the condition that we also donate a portion of the contributions to your show. Enjoy the hookers and blow on behalf of the Voight wedding guests. You know, I was thinking, what a wonderful idea. Now, of course, this is a horrible precedent for starting your marriage. I, I, don't, so. I don't know if it's really good. She says, I don't want to donate to a charity, honey. Yeah, as long as we can send some hookers and blow to John and Adam. You know, it just doesn't. The, my darling, <laughs> it's, it's, I think it takes the, the charm of, of marriage. <laughs> it does, may, perhaps just a little edge. I don't know. But we really appreciate it. It's a great no, we're idea. Not complaining. No, it's a great idea. And, uh, <laughs> and, and we'd like you to continue. I mean, anyone who's getting married, do this. This is a great idea. 
And, and actually, I had them filed under PR Associates for this very reason, along with uh, Nathan Rennick, um, who I believe is, he actually says the last name is pronounced Rennick. John butchered it on the last show, even when I sent him an email prior. What a biz- buzzkill, he says, or maybe it's just his low T. Uh, this week, he, <laughs> he won the option to register noagenda.co as the uh, .co uh, domain has become uh, available to the world this week. So it's, uh, you know, of course, uh, there's noagendashow.com. Uh, we, we don't own noagenda.com. It's, I think there's a band or something that owns it. Yeah, there's a band, I think. Yeah, so uh, he's registered noagenda.co, and uh, we appreciate that. That could be useful. On a side note, I'm a sysadmin, he says, has been out of work for 18 months, not on the government teat. I donated 5510 uh, back on the 5510 for the donation drive. Finally got some karma love. I got a six-week contract as a subcontractor and a big project. Work is work. When I get paid for that, I'm going to donate again. Hopefully that karma will come a bit quicker. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Thank you, uh, Nathan. And then, uh, hey, Aaron and Kelly Spears say, my wife and I are both fans of the show, both Minutemen, who, uh, and with two $5 a month subscriptions. Thank you so much. Well, we don't have enough to become a knight and or dame. We did come up with another way to help spread the word. When I signed up for a hosting plan for my own show, theworldofcinema.com, I had a couple of free domain registrations I never used, so now we've got noagendafilms.com up and run- running. Ooh. And we'll post any films mentioned on No Agenda, as well as other films that explore the themes and memes that come up on the show. A new film every Monday to tide folks over in between shows. Don't worry. We'll keep the Alex Jones film suggestions to a minimum. Yes, please. <laughs> keep up the excellent reporting, Aaron and Kelly Spears. And uh, we highly appreciate that. And, of course, as we appreciate the uh, fine support from our executive producer, standalone executive producer, Veronica Roberts, Along with executive producers Charles Jordan, Matthew Payton, Eric Bowden Stab, and our exec- our associate executive producer Zabadiah Voigt. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, that is, of course, uh, really not just appreciated, but highly needed. For everybody else out there, you know by now you've got to go out and propagate the formula. It's really, really simple. Our formula is this we go out, we hit people in the mouth. Everybody say it with me now. Oh, wow. Big opening for a big show. So I got a couple of things to start off with. I it figured somebody, you would. Since somebody got to noagendafilms.com, I watched a movie. No, you watched it. Finally, yeah. you've watched your weekly movie. <laughs> Uh, so my daughter insisted on watching this movie, but only to, to ridicule it. And so I said, well, hey, I'm, I'm all for that. <laughs> and so we watched Twilight. Oh. Now, now that's funny because so I came up with, like, this was a few days ago. So I came up with this interpretation I thought was genius, by the way. And then as I tell my daughter this story, she says, well, JC's got another theory. And he's got a theory about the movie. My theory about the movie is that this movie is an is a an allegory or a metaphor or some some uh, model of American business 
The high school represents the American business that they enforce. The girl leaves home to go to work. She goes to this, but the high school is the representative. The girl's the charming little girl that meets her. The whole thing looks just like uh, office space, the way it's set up. Uh-huh. And the three evil uh, Dracula, the three evil vampires that come in and start killing people, represent business consultants <laughs> who turn into werewolves. Well, no, they go around and they, they're killing people, which is the same as firing, and they try to kill this one girl who's protected by one of the, by her, Edward, who is, represents her mentor. But isn't Edward the gay one? I don't know who's gay in this thing, but anyway, Edward is the is the is the no he's not rep, he's not represented there as gay he's he's the the, the sensitive uh, vampire who oh, is in love sen- with this he's woman sensitive right and and then meanwhile there's an outside influence this this Indian kid who knows about you know, apparently their family knows about these things and he's essentially either a headhunter from another company or he represents uh, what you know outside her outside uh, business is what she does outside of work but anyway if you start looking at this thing as a metaphor for modern business uh it just all fits it just all falls into place the thing's genius now is this jc's theory or yours no no that's my theory jc's theory is that the whole thing is a metaphor for drug using <laughs> and she, he sees that the, i'm the, going with jc he's a lot he's, smarter than you the, the guy's addicted she's addicted <laughs> to this one form of drug which is the edward character and she's trying right. and the other guy's trying to get her off and his theory basically what i could hear i haven't talked to him about it i'm only getting a second hand i think is is bogus Huh. My theory about the the metaphor for business and, and the office environment is right on the money. It's, wow. it's absolute. Now I see this movie as one of the great works of the. Of it's all it's time. at least as good it's, as it's, Atlas Shrugged. Uh, oh, no. Atlas Shrugged. By Ayn Rand. Okay. So we need a Twilight jingle for you, John. Yeah, that's going to have longevity. In in 50 years from now, they'll be they'll be like... Remember that Twilight movie? Oh, it, it was be so good. Analyzing it. it was so good about American business. And by the way, so I looked into the woman that wrote it, <laughs> and she worked for a while as a receptionist. Uh. She says she dreamed the story. Yeah, she dreamed the story because she was in an office environment. She saw what was going on and, and internalized it, and then this story came out. She doesn't even know herself that she's created a, a kind of a, a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece, I tell you. Well, now I'll have to go and see it. But when you watch it in terms, and just think about it, you know, a business, a corporate thing. You're, you know, you don't know how those work. Well, you know what? It's, what's really the characters good. in the movie. What's really good is if this is true, and uh, and if this has this subliminal underlying message, it's actually really good that all these kids are so into it because they'll they'll have a knowledge of how it's how much it sucks, <laughs> right? It's, it's preconditioning. <laughs> it's great. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well. Gee, John, I don't have anything quite that deep. Well, you know, now, now that you mentioned, we did m- mention Atlas Shrugged, though, and you did come up when we were sitting around at the uh, Fringal restaurant, sipping on uh, Ooh, it was a nice, was, And uh, we had a nice wine. What yeah, was that? that's a good one. There's another uh, 2007 Cote du Rhone's, which are all outstanding and inexpensive. Anyway. It's like um, 35 bucks or something, right? Yeah, it's a restaurant yeah. normally. Yeah, because no, I looked it up on my uh, Hello Vino app. And it listed for fifteen ninety five. So yeah, that's that about would be right. what you'd get at a store. Right. The uh, for anyone out there who's, who looks at wine lists, the two thousand seven wines from the Rhone are all killers. 
and no matter what the price, high, low, whatever. Uh, anyway, the uh, you came up with the idea, or or we talked. No, talk- actually, one of our producers um, said, "Hey, you know." Um, in fact, it was one of our producers from uh, Goldman Sachs. You know, we have uh, we have some supporters over there. He said, "You know, we're all crazy about Atlas Shrugged." Yeah, duh. And uh, we've all we've all got the book. You know, we all have the uh, the uh, millenni- the millennium edition. It's part of the assignment. It's, yeah, it's, it's really it's like you know you want to work here, read this book, and come back, and there'll be a test. And he said, "You know, I, I think I can get some guys to to pitch in." And you know, of course, they've got just gobs of money over there. And uh, we'd lo- we'd love to do uh, you know to finance a film version of Atlas Shrugged. And I started looking into it. And I talked to Mickey. I said, "How come you know this? Th- there's been many rumors, and they've talked about it. And you know, the the last rumor was Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt were supposed to star as Hank and Dagny, and um, and they were going to do it. And I guess Brad Pitt pulled out. It's like, why is this thing so impossible to make? It seems like an obvious great story. You know, people know the book. It seems like like a no brainer. And she says it is impossible." to write a screenplay for this 8,000-page book. And, you know, because you really, what are you going to leave out? You, you you wind up messing it up. You, you're just going to leave out some of the nuances that kind of make it so great. Although, even I would be like, can we please cut the whole radio speech in half? Um, and then I said, well, why don't we just do a miniseries? It could be never-ending. And then you and I were talking about this. And, you know, where did the miniseries go? We used to have great miniseries, which would go on forever, like Roots, like North and South. Uh, what else did we have? Well, there's that Clavel thing that I can't remember the name of. Maybe the chat room can remember where this guy goes to China and or no, he goes to Japan and he uh, has to blend in or something. He, I don't. Somebody, I don't know what you're talking about. The last mini series I saw was V, and that failed after like four yeah. Well, episodes. V. Yeah. Well, V. Yeah. V. Well, the ones that most recently it's, it's apparently ever since Valerie Bertinelli stopped acting, uh, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of these mini series has uh, failed. <laughs> she, she was the key to the mini. She wasn't in Roots. Maybe the she key. wasn't in North and South. <laughs> no, but she was in all the more recent ones. Well, that's the problem right there. Anyway, I thought it was a really good idea. I mean, a miniseries can go on forever, right? It can just keep going, and you'd always be wondering, you know, where Shogun, does it end? Shogun, that's the name of it. Shogun. Oh, okay. Wow. It's huge. Wow. Anyway, so was, yeah, and then somebody else mentions in the chat room that Ken Burns. Somebody said anything by Ken Burns. Ken Burns probably ruined the miniseries. What did he do? Ken Burns is the guy who does all these documentaries for PBS where they show an old photo and then somebody reading a letter. Oh, is that the Ken the Ken Burns effect? Yeah, where, where the you photo have like photo zooms and you in, move and zooms the camera out. around on the photo, <laughs> and you have somebody reading a note from mom written in 1840. <laughs> it's like, uh, man, it's got. I'm riveted. Who needs Ambien when you've got Ken Burns? All right, let me switch uh, topics. Uh, we were talking, I think, the past two episodes about the. Shotgun taser. And yeah. of course, lo and behold, when you talk about stuff on this show, and this is the beauty of it, and this is why I have like 168 different news items I've tagged in between shows, and I have to look at them all because I don't want to miss them. And uh, people sent me this wonderful YouTube clip about the Taser International XREP, better known as XREP. And you and I were joking about. Basic, yeah, I saw this basically, thing too. you've got it's a you're shooting a battery at someone, and I just wanted to play the the opening <laughs> of this. Yeah, of course, it is a battery. Listen. So, how do you take what many people consider to be the greatest, less than lethal option on the planet? By the way, I love this guy. So, how do you how take do you what anyone considers to be the greatest, less than lethal option on the planet? 
and make it even better. You turn it into the X-Rep, extended range electronic projectile. <laughs> now, listen. you take all that capability and you can fire it out of a standard 12-gauge shotgun. So, <laughs> so, so this thing, is, it's like a bullet. It deploys little fins. And then it flies, uh, and it hits you really hard. Uh, of bet. course, it's coming out of a shotgun. Uh, it's ac- <laughs> with a shotgun shell. Well, it's accurate up to 65 uh, feet, and then it deploys a little uh, Kevlar string with a second electrode to give maximum maximum shock range, which then you know falls into your. Well, they keep showing it falling into your groin, but I'm pretty sure this thing's going to fall into your nuts. <laughs> and then it shocks you. And it puts you out for longer than normal, which is, uh, I think, 25 seconds, which should be enough time for you to run and uh, and then go jump on top of the guy. Now, all of this is great. And this is a seven-minute promotional video from the Discovery Channel, no less. But I'm thinking, we've already had these uh, cases. And, of course, this is what the cop kind of, he didn't get off entirely. He got second-degree manslaughter. Uh, in Oakland, you know, oh, well, I grabbed my taser. I thought it was my gun. But now when you're actually supposed to shoot these out of a gun, out of a standard shotgun, I mean, the, the margin for error of, oh, I loaded the wrong shell is getting pretty narrow here. And this is yep. just, this is not okay. Asking for trouble. And, it's not, and, and you know, so I've been talking, I actually went out for lunch with the nerds at the, at the office, the engineers. And then we, you know, we were talking about this and, you know, and, you know, just kind of like, you know, this whole taser thing. And all these stories start showing up like this one from the Washington Post. Uh, hospitals are now debating, even though they've been using them for quite a while, uh, the use of tasers in hospitals. I didn't know this was this was happening. I didn't either. I never uh, heard this. Well, on July 8th, a security guard used a stun gun on the 25 year old nephew of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas after he allegedly became combative when trying to leave a Marrero, Louisiana hospital against doctor's orders, and they tased the fucker. <laughs> no, you can't leave. <laughs> you can't leave here. And this apparently is like, here, 2009? Take your flu shot. No, I don't want a flu shot. Over 1,200 people uh, were stunned in hospitals. <laughs> uh, it's like, what? They're tasing you in the hospital now. What's next? You're in school? Hey, Billy, Billy, shut, shut, just tase your kid. Why not? Who gives a crap? Oh, you know what? I bet you if we, if somebody out there, I bet you this is already going on in schools. Now that you mention it. And it's, it's so outrageous. It's it's just outrageous. This whole stun gun thing, it's got to stop. You know, this is worse than real guns. This is such a menacing threat. To, you know, and and John, I guarantee you, before I am dead, you're you may you're probably out of the danger zone there. I'm sure I'm going to get tased somewhere. I'm, I'm surprised you haven't been tased already. <laughs> I'm going to say something to somebody, and he, the person is just going to whip around and fire the electrodes into my butt, just to tell me to shut up. You have a higher likelihood of getting tased than getting laid. I'm telling you, it's crazy. <laughs> That's a T-shirt, by the way. <laughs> it is a t-shirt t-shirt alert yeah t-shirt alert for our t-shirt higher designs. chance of getting tased than laid in high school it's just like wow tasing in high schools and clarence thomas his nephew supreme court justice the the the, the pubic hair on the coke can guy by the way long dong silver 
<laughs> long dong silver. That's the best. Yeah, most one. people don't remember that because they're I too do. young. Yeah, I remember it. I remember it. <laughs> long dong silver. That's when uh, Senate confirmation hearings were great. You know, now, yeah, they're, now, well, they're they, yeah. uh, now they're just boring. Now they're just boring. You know, it's like ah, it was flying back then. And um, the the Democrats wanted anything but a but a black conservative. Yeah, <laughs> they bring out the the heavy hitters. So uh, yeah, Hill and Knowlton did a great one on that. So there's a little known law that I discovered that stems from 1992, and now uh, is all of a sudden, of course, as we have to save the planet, as we are killing it. Uh, is starting to be uh, redeployed, I guess. You know, there's a regulation as to how much water a shower nozzle can emit. Did you realize this? I didn't realize it, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, there's a federal maximum for shower heads, and that is two and a half gallons per minute at 80 pounds per square inch. That's quite a bit, <laughs> if you think about I it. I don't know. I mean, I, I do know that these uh, these rain showers, which actually they deploy in the United Kingdom a lot, uh, you know, the big shower heads that you, you stand under, and it's like standing under a waterfall. Yeah. Um, so these are going to be outlawed. And the, the oh. federal government now has a tough new line on water-hogging shower heads. And uh, so I guess the, uh, the guy uh, who owns the company that makes the Rain Dance Imperial which has a 24-inch spray face, 358 no-clog channels, and a triple massage option, uh, is uh, starting the Leave My Shower Alone campaign. And I, wasn't there... Um, There's not that many people that use those types of was showers. It, was it William Buckley who said, you'll know that uh, the government has gone too far when a hand reaches into your shower and adjusts the temperature of the water? I think that was one of his famous. One of his famous. That Buckley would have said that, but somebody. Yeah, well, he said that probably as a with a glint in his eye. Hmm. Um, but there you go. The government now sticking their hand into your shower. Yeah, it's like, well, okay. My favorite thing during we had a shower crisis. We had a water crisis in California. <laughs> a shower crisis. No, that's England where they have a shower crisis. Shower crisis. <laughs> so, it was, so they made everybody go to these low flow shower heads. And there's still a bunch of them in some hotels. They suck this. ass. They totally suck. You turn it on, and it's like it's they they make a fine mist spray, yes. and then it doesn't do anything. It's like you have to stand there for days. No, you have to, to run get, around to get wet. It's <laughs> unbelievable. I know they're horrible. And there's the nice little note in the hotel that says we're conserving the earth. Yeah, I'm paying 500 bucks for this crappy ass shower, which is all I really want is a place to poop and shower and shave. And and you're conserving the earth resources with this stupid shower. That's a good voice. Yeah, thanks. It's my Jackie Martling. <laughs> I'm working on it. So uh, yeah, you got to use that voice more. Okay. So um, well, somebody sent in a note complaining uh, about you know these <laughs> bitching about these hotels that have the green notification. Uh huh. You know, you go to a hotel, you spend 300 bucks for a room, and then there's a little little uh, note on your bed that says, uh, oh, if you, if, you, if you don't mind using your towel again, yeah. you know, we're saving the environment, we're saving the world because we don't want to wash all these towels over and over. That's pretty much everywhere these days. I think it's a regulation now. They have to put that in. And, uh, and the way to signify you want your towels washed is to throw them in the bathtub. And otherwise, please hang it up. And you, I feel like my mom is renting out a room to me. <laughs> it's like, please, please, yeah. And and you know, we only change the sheets uh, after every guest. I don't like that one. 
<laughs> that's not my favorite uh, thing. It's like I want fresh sheets every night. Especially well, you're for, paying big money. Yeah, for three, four hundred bucks. And, and by the way, don't you dare smoke in the room, or we'll give you the two hundred and fifty dollar uh, room cleanup fee. Well, they spray some Lysol or something. Yeah, they don't do. They, well, yeah, what do they do? Well, there's some can of something, uh, and I, basically, I just need one of those cans, uh, and they spray that, and it removes the odor pretty much. Yeah. And, I, sure. and by the way, I, I, I don't advocate that because people who want a smoke-free room, it sucks. It stinks when you come in and someone's been smoking there. Yep. So, uh, but it's basically a $250 ashtray. It's the way I view it. Hey. Well, so I, that's I, it for today's show. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm so far from done. Um, I just don't know where to start. Okay. I mean, I, I, I could give it a little whirl if you want. Go ahead. What is it? You, you, what is it that's in your craw? Well, the big story that uh, people email to me with glee, I have to say, is uh, the and I have a whole section of the pedo bear who strikes again. Um, Pentagon workers tied tied to child porn, and I think I mentioned this to you, John, but you probably uh, went like, "Oh, brother!" And uh, did you read any of this? I said, oh, brother, and I said, no, I'm not going to read it, and uh, I let you, you can handle it. I <sighs> think it- Federal investigators have identified several, several dozen, okay, so several would be more than two, that would be a couple dozen, so several dozen, I'm going to say, is that four dozen? I would say three. This is from uh, Boston.com. So I, I, I dislike it severely when the, when the report starts off with a nefarious number. Several dozen Pentagon officials and contractors. Well, that's not a nefarious number. It's a, it's a dubious number. Dubious number. number. Thank you. So let's say about 30, 30 to 300 in my book. Uh, Pentagon officials and contractors with high-level security clearances who allegedly purchased and downloaded child pornography, including an undisclosed number, who used their government computers to obtain the illegal material. The investigations have included employees of the National Security Agency... The National Reconnaissance Office, never, didn't even, never even heard of that one. The Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA, which deal with some of the most sensitive work in intelligence and defense, among other organizations within the Defense Department. The number of offenders is a small percentage of the thousands. I love how this, like, but it's only a small percentage of people working for sensitive Pentagon-related agencies. But the fact that offenders included people with access to government secrets puts national security agencies at risk of blackmail, bribery, threats, especially, and this is true, of course, especially since these individuals typically have access to military installations. Now, um, and this is a uh, report by the Defense Criminal Investigative Service from late 2009. The NSA, by the way, is actually involved in the investigation uh, of these child pornography fiends. What I like about uh, this report from Boston.com, and this is the big story, uh, this is this is and they spent money on this is the reporter and uh, we might as well uh, uh, we might as well just play this for him right now. I hope this guy makes it out. And you know what happened to the Bloomberg guy who kept moaning and bitching about the the two trillion dollars the Fed lent uh, to banks overseas and wouldn't tell anybody and still hasn't. He died. Uh, but this guy actually uh, goes out, puts out a little video and talks about his story, which I thought was very brave. And, uh, and very necessary. Let's listen to him for a moment. I'm Brian Bender here in the Boston Globe's Washington Bureau, and 
I'm looking into some investigations conducted by the Defense Department in recent years uh, into government officials, uh, including many with high security clearances, who were accessing child pornography. Uh, these individuals came to the attention of DOD primarily because the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency uh, launched something called Operation Flickr back in 2006, uh, which was looking into some of these child pornography sites, particularly overseas, and found that uh, a number of government officials here in the U.S., including at some very secret Defense Department agencies like the National Security Agency, were apparently buying some of these images off the internet and in some cases even using their government computers to do so. According to the investigation reports that we have, uh, at least several dozen government officials were investigated. Uh, some of them were prosecuted. Uh, other cases are still pending and in some cases the, uh, the cases were dropped simply because the government uh, didn't think that they would be able to bring a case. Officials are particularly alarmed by the fact that these are government officials with very high security clearances who could be compromised. They could be blackmailed. They could be uh, bribed. Uh, so therefore, these cases were considered top priority, and we're now learning about them because these uh, investigations. I'm sorry. What'd you say? What did you say? It could be bribed. What's bribe? What, what do you mean? It could be bribed. <laughs> well, I think it just means blackmailed. In it, or I mean, this is the whole problem. This is. He also it, said several dozen once again. Yeah. Well, so I find this to be very dubious. Well, and I, I have to agree with you. Uh, I think that uh, someone or some ones uh, went a little bit too far with the blackmailing because this is what happens consistently in the, in justice systems 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 around the world is that someone you know is compromised because someone else has the dirt on them and then it escalates and people either wind up dead or they get the, or the, the the lower guys who of course are in the cabal and you know they say hey well you know it doesn't really matter if someone blows the whistle on me but if i blow the whistle on you buddy well then you're completely dead and then you you'll be ruined and so they start to out them and i think that uh, there's a clearly a nest of this going on uh, I'm not buying a word. I'm not buying any of it. Nest bullcrap. How about you telling me somebody in the NSA is that stupid and naive to use a government computer to buy child porn? Where are they buying child porn? And what constitutes child porn? You're not listening. You're deficit? not listening to what I'm saying. The real people who are really involved in in the nasty business are outing these lower level people just and, and just making shit up just to. Create a diversion. You know, oh, we've cleaned it all up because something was getting too hot under their feet. And this guy, this Brian Bender, you know, he's certainly being used. Okay, uh, to I propagate buy that. this message. Okay, because it's just too fishy. Yes. Well, that's my point. And of course, the giveaway is this term several several dozen. dozen. Yeah, exactly. And why we, you know, he says it in the in the writing. He says it when he speaks. It's almost for the obvious. That means it to me. It's the script. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's it's vague. We don't know who they are. That way, we can't go. You can't demand to, to see how many there were. You can. Well, I want to. I demand. You know, say you're an investigator. I demand to see the, how many people were there. I don't know. Well, also, could we just have one person convicted? Could we have one name? I mean, when when some douchebag is found with you know like pornographic images on his computer, you know, it's it's headline news. It's uh, oh, we got one. We got one. You know, when some kids are sexting each other, which just another case in like Oklahoma or something, you know, they have to register as sex offenders. 
But when this happens in our government, true or not, you, there's never there's never anyone hung out to dry. There's no names in this. There's no one who was who was they, well. Some were prosecuted, but you know, just kind of swept it under the carpet. You're right. It's a, it's a complete distraction from something much bigger going on. And Google actually knows. <laughs> this was very funny. Um, do you ever look at fail blog? Uh, uh, you know, I do, but it's you know maybe once every few months. So failblog.org had uh, a couple days ago. They had a uh, a Google win. Sometimes they have wins instead of just fails. Apparently, for a while, and I don't know if this was just in Italy or if it was worldwide. If you typed in Vatican into uh, um, uh, into Google, it would send you or the t- either the top result or uh, the I'm feeling lucky, which is probably the, the same thing, would send you to uh, pedo. Uh, let me just uh, get it right here. Pedophilo.com, the Italian word for pedophile. <laughs> Somebody Google washed it. That's funny. That, I don't know how you do I that. They stopped doing that. They, they, they stopped that from happening. I guess not. Well, uh, a spokesman for Google Italia, Simona Panzeri, uh, said, uh, well, it's not clear this was a result of hacking. What? I cannot confirm if it is an attack because I have not had any more precise information from the U.S. Yeah, engineers. It's a Google wash. It's a, it's a uh, known how, technique. How do you do that? There's all well. It used to be very easy to do. In fact, it used to be a big joke uh, because people would you, you, by typing by creating a bunch of websites, point to each other, and do some other trickery to get the Google thing to like perk up. It, it, that's why they. If you remember some years ago when there was really a, an <coughs> epidemic, in fact, you can look up Google Wash uh, on, on on Google, Google. and read some of the old uh, columns written by Andrew uh, or uh, Orlowski from the Register because he used to write about this constantly but that was you you type in type in george bush and then you the top thing would be douchebag or something like oh right i do remember that yeah yeah, and it was like a big uh, it was a big it was like a it was a it was like a hobby for a while and then google did what they had to do to to end it and it stopped Mm -hmm. but apparently somebody's come up with a new technology to do it we want we want to know what that is because we want to use that (laughs) (laughs) that's great there's a no agenda show to the top of uh, anything (laughs) yeah just obama no agenda show uh so but there's something going on john there is something because there's too many stories um i'll just run through them and then we'll be done with pedo bear for this week catholic sex scandal uh, reports the Mail Online uh, in the Gitmo Nation East as undercover reporter films priests at gay clubs having casual flings with uh, underage boys. And they got pictures and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Then we have uh, Washington State, Tacoma, 27-year-old Army Sergeant from Joint Base Lewis McCord in Washington State has pleaded guilty in federal court, to sex trafficking of a child and attempted sex trafficking of a child. <sighs> Sterling Hopesdale, see, this guy, this 27-year-old schmuck, they, they out him immediately. Set up one juvenile in a Lakewood apartment to work as a prostitute. Had a second juvenile flown in fri- from Wyoming to do the same. And meanwhile, of course, that douchebag uh, that we talked about uh, who had uh, Clinton and everybody uh, as, as his buddies, he gets off light. Um, and then we have, uh, this one was kind of crazy from the BBC. None of this, by the way, reported on your local news. Uh, former Pennsylvania judge Michael Conahan has pleaded guilty to a racketeering conspiracy, conspiracy charge for helping put juvenile defendants behind bars in exchange for bribes. This is really a good one. So it's not exactly pedo bear, but borders on it. 
This guy was putting juvies into, into juvie hall for cash because it was so profitable with the jail. Yeah, because the government pays you so much money per prisoner, and so they, yeah. they, they've been jacking up these. Uh, they've been throwing people in for no good reason. The San Jose system has got some of this going on. They haven't been able to, to correct. It's known as the Cash for Kids program. And uh, up to 2,000 juveniles, uh, excessively harsh sentences so he could get kickbacks. Yeah. That's just another form of child abuse. I don't care if you're, if you're sex trafficking him or sending him to jail. I mean, it's all, this, all the same thing. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, that actually something has to be done about that. I mean, we've, we're, we have more people in jail per capita. We have more people anyone. in jail in the United States in terms of total numbers and in terms of per capita. We've got more people in jail than in school. And it's like ridiculous because it's a money maker and somebody's profiting from it and they don't give a crap about anything but themselves. And this it's, it's a scandal. And the judges that are in on this should all be they should all be thrown. They should take everyone out of jail and put the judges in that have put up with that that have actually created the situation. Yeah. Anyway, and so. then the lawmakers who have the three strikes laws and all the other stuff, you know, where the guy like steals a you know a bottle Candy of bar. pop and is his yeah. third strike he's in jail forever. Yeah. And uh, even though, uh, well, he's, he's not really the pedo bear, but he is, uh, and again, I'm telling you, there's something going on. And of course, you know, power, the, the, throughout history, you know that when people have power, it, it, it makes them horny. Some, isn't, isn't that true? Doesn't power make you horny somehow? Well, power corrupts. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it's, it's, it's crazy what's happening. Um, and of course... We know that Al Gore needed to be sidelined. I guess what happened is the masseuse from Oregon, I think her, um, her, her case got thrown out for insufficient evidence. Um, you know, that he was a sex-crazed poodle. And this, of course, was as reported in The Globe. Yeah, and then since then... Yes, the Inquirer, the actual extension of the Central Intelligence Agency, uh, now has two new masseuses. Who, uh, who cl- the, you got to read the, <laughs> yeah. the one line that's in there yeah. that's hilarious. The therapist claimed that when they were alone, and this happened uh, the night of the Oscars when he went to pick up his uh, undeserved Oscar, um, and it happened again in Tokyo. Uh, when they were alone, Gore shrugged off the towel, stood naked in front of the therapist, pointed to his erect penis, and ordered to take care of this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the emphasis was on the word this. Yes, it is. It's in he all caps. Said, take care. No, it's all. Oh, it's it. all in. No, it, the emphasis is on this. Take care of this. this. Take care of this, bitches. Get on that. Get on that thing. So Gore's Gore is not going to. You know, this is. Key. They're going to do what they have to do to keep Gore out of the. You know, he can't go give speeches anymore. No, he, that's, that's the whole thing. He needs to shut up, slave. He's yeah, and done. And it's like, take care of this will be the catchphrase if he shows up anywhere. Hey, Gore, take care of this. <laughs> <laughs> and I laugh because he deserves it. He deserves it so much for trying to scam us into his carbon trading business. Which apparently is now dead, right? I mean, now the no, New York Times. No, it's not dead yet. They're, they're hanging in there. And if you talk to any liberals that happen to be, you know, not unreconstructed, uh, and you bring up this whole thing, they go, they go, what? Huh? <laughs> oh, no, global warming. Yeah, it's terrible. You, you, you don't, don't question it at all. You don't think the carbon trading thing is a scam and, and cap and trade is a joke because if you're serious, you just want to cap things, not trade them. Huh? 
What? But, I, but I'm reading in the New York Times that Harry Reid is saying uh, we don't have the votes. Oh, no, they don't. So uh, They so- know that. We, we, we did this on the show already. We had a quote from somebody. Uh, it was a Republican, though, who said, look, they, once they got that lost that Massachusetts guy, they don't have the votes. And most of the Democrats aren't going to take a risk at, at, put, at pushing this thing through because it's got a bad reputation. They're going to rename it, reformulate it. And some, you oh, know, it'll come back. Oh, no, no doubt about that. But right now they're saying, oh, well, it's dead for now. Yeah, we can't do it now. But, yeah, they, w- they will come back in some other form for sure. Yeah. Yeah, there's too much money to be made off this stupid public. So I have a clip of uh, our next president of the United States, of Gitmo Nation, who, of course, uh, will be Hillary Clinton. Uh, and, and it's so obvious that she's gearing up for it. And she took uh, Greta Van Susteren uh, on the road with her to Pakistan. Well, there's a couple. Yeah, and I know. It, it kind of turns me on. I'm like, just imagine those two, clam bumping. So... um. And and Hillary Clinton is, by the way, very well versed in international politics and affairs. I mean, she's she is, for all intents and purposes, a reincarnation of uh, Madeleine Albright. Only she's. Do you spe- find it? Do you find it interesting? I thought this this observation of mine was was curious. So we've had our secretaries of state, the ones that go from country to country to country pushing our agenda and go to Muslim countries who don't have a lot of respect for women. Our last three major secretaries of state in a row were all women. Madeleine Albright, Condoleezza Condoleezza Rice, Rice. who's not only a woman, but a black woman, which makes it even more uh, probably uh, curious to the uh, Muslims, uh, Mm -hmm. the Saudis or whoever. And now we have another one. Don't we have any men that can do this job anymore? Or are we doing this on purpose? I I really don't know. Uh, And I agree with you. It seems like that's kind of what it's supposed to be. Um, And that's what, you know, uh, clearly that's what the script calls for, because that's why they keep doing it. (laughs) <laughs> but, Wait until they get a load of this one. Yeah, but uh, but these women are all highly intelligent, and they speak very affluently, and they get along fabulously with all international leaders of all ilk. Uh, and Hillary, you know, as we already pointed out, she's got the George Washington hairdo going. She's totally gearing up, and you know, she'll, I think she'll probably resign uh, in time to start running for the 2012 election, as you already uh have uh, stated that Obama will probably just say, I'm giving up, I got to go focus on the kids and, you know, the obesity thing and whatever. But she sits down with Greta Van Susteren, and it's a nine-minute clip, and it'll be on noagendatv.com. So you should watch the whole thing, because she's also touching her nose a lot, kind of like a a Coke tick there, which was interesting. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. And and then she starts talking about, it's about terrorism, about... uh, Pakistan, then about Afghanistan and how we can't make the same mistake we made previously. And she admits to something in such a cavalier manner, which, of course, Greta Van Susteren doesn't pick up on. But I was blown away when I heard this. Listen. If we walked away from this, didn't give them money today, it would be worse for us from a security standpoint. I do. I do. We're building a relationship that just did not exist. I said in our last trip when you were with me that we had a huge trust deficit, in part because the United States had... To be, to be fair, we had helped to create the problem we're now fighting. How? Because when the Soviet Union invaded Afghanistan, we had this brilliant idea that we were going to come to Pakistan and create a force of Mujahideen, equip them with Stinger missiles and everything else to go after the Soviets inside Afghanistan. And we were successful. The Soviets left Afghanistan. And then we said, great, goodbye, leaving these trained people who were fanatical 
in Afghanistan and Pakistan, leaving them well armed, creating a mess, frankly, that uh, at the time we didn't really recognize. We were just so happy to see the Soviet Union fall and we thought, OK, fine, we're, we're OK now. Everything's going to be so much better. Now you look back, the people we're fighting today, we were supporting in the fight against the Soviets. Now, excuse me, but did she not just exactly say the, the, is the biggest joke of all of this is that the Mujahideen, which were set up by the CIA with Stinger missiles, and I have something to say about that, that they are now essentially Al-Qaeda? Isn't she admitting that? No, I think she's saying, well, yeah, there's that, but I think she's, and, and the Taliban. Yeah, but it's all, you know, first it was bin Laden, then it was uh, Saddam Hussein, then it's uh, the, the Al-Qaeda, then oh, Al-Qaeda because the Taliban have links to Al-Qaeda. I mean, it all comes back to the guys that we set up in the first place. Pretty much. And she's actually admitting this and she's like, yeah, well, that's right, yeah. And Greta's just like, eh, well, I'm happy to be here on the trip with you. Yeah. It's just, and then this. By the way, did you know she said they went on a trip before? Yeah, I noticed that. When you were with me before, she said. Not just on it, when you were with me before. Hey, baby, when you were with me before, Greta. What do you think Greta has that frown? Um, so, but she mentioned Stinger missiles. And I was talking to Tony the terrorist, who uh, drives me whenever I'm uh, in San Francisco. And, uh, and Tony says, oh, these, these Stinger missiles. And this guy, is, he's more crackpot than I am, Tony. And he says, uh, you know, the big joke about these Stinger missiles, he says, they have an expiration date. You know, these things are duds. They're always talking about, oh, the stingers, oh, the stingers. But A, they're duds because they just go cold. He says, you know, 80% don't work anymore because they just, you know, they have a life, a shelf life. And second of all, he says the, the big thing about a stinger missile, which is shot from the shoulder, sight only, it's no, no guided uh, missile. You know, it's just you put it on your shoulder and you fire it. You can't, you can only fire it above a certain angle. Because uh, these things are built to not fire, so you don't like fire into your foot or fire into the ground. Because <laughs> they're basically meant to shoot down. That would heli- be bad. But they're, but they're meant to shoot down helicopters, and every and everyone knows this is the big joke. If you fly like below seven hundred feet, the stinger can't actually get you because it, the, the tilt is too low, and the thing won't fire. So it's well, like unless it's you're like, right over the guy, yeah, you well, yeah, shoot it, straight up. But then he goes by so fast. You know, if you're at 500 feet and you fly over, it's almost impossible. So these things are basically useless, yet they're always touted as, oh, they've got stingers, oh, they've got stinger missiles. But the big joke in terrorist land is uh, they suck. They're no good. They're duds. It's just like they're useless. This is not a useful weapon anymore. Yeah, well, I think they have to be designed with that in mind. Most of our weaponry is designed with uh, fail as fail-safe mechanisms. Uh, you know, there's... Transponders that are on planes, and sometimes the missiles are designed. If they sense that they can't hit that plane, they won't do it. Uh, there's a whole bunch of uh, fail-safe mechanisms, and I think the best one would be if the thing expires and you try to launch it, just blows up and <laughs> yeah, kills just you in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. Although, um, uh, big report in uh, in the Independent about Fallujah, and this will just tell you a little bit about the type of weaponry we've been using. A headline, Toxic Legacy of U.S. Assault on Fallujah Worse Than Hiroshima. Dramatic increases in uh, children born with disformities, cancer, uh, three arms, all kinds of crap. And the reason why, of course, is because we use depleted uranium. Fucking poison the whole, the whole, the whole, everyone out there. They're all poisoned. It's disgusting. 
Yeah, the, the, the depleted uranium shells are uh, all over Iraq. Yeah. And then Israel, very funny, just ha-ha, uh, they, they come out and say, hey, you know, um, we're going to limit our use of white phosphorus in conflict. Of course, first they, <laughs> did, they denied it. White phosphorus, by the way, is it kind of explodes in the air and it comes down and it burns you like to it death. It burns right through you. Yeah, bur- it burns down through your bone. And uh, <laughs> terrible stuff. And, and they went to the United Nations and uh, handed in a report and said, "Well, you know, we promise we'll use less. We'll limit it. We'll only use it to create a smoke screen in combat." Uh, meanwhile, you know, there was uh, when they uh, the last time the uh, with the Gaza offensive, they were popping this stuff off left and right, just burning people down to the bone. It's just disgusting the things we can do to each other as people. Uh, and then I'll get off of this because it's just making me crazy. Uh, Noam Chomsky. Uh, Tell me about Noam. Noam Chomsky is a self-loathing Jewish uh, Mm hyper-intellectual who is a trickster. Uh, He is uh, one of the foremost linguists in the world. He teaches linguistics. Mm -hmm. He's not a politician. He's not a political guy. He's a linguistics expert. Mm -hmm. And he... um, has a very compelling writing and speaking style, although his speaking style is very extremely irritating, slow. And, irritating to listen to. And, and irritating and slow moving. But if you start to deconstruct his work, uh, he is, he, he, he's, he, all his sentences and, and the way he structures things is so loaded with propagandistic, uh, um, usages and, uh, techniques uh, and certain adjectives that I've made an exercise of doing this in front of people where if you go and look at all his adjectives and you just change them and you don't change any information other than adjectives, you can make what he's saying sound exactly the opposite. He is a, uh, a very a person that people get addicted to uh, for some reason and they think he's some sort of an intellectual genius. I find him to be a, uh, a very negative influence in the, in the world today. Would you like to uh, deconstruct about a minute of his speech? Well, I can take a shot at it. Yeah, he uh, recorded an address to the United National Peace Conference. Not quite sure what that is. Oh, he's a communist. It's probably some communist organization. Well, um, it's about uh, the U.S. uh, and our imminent attack on Iran. And some of the things he's saying are the things we've discussed in in this very program. But I th- yeah, well, he's not dead wrong on everything he says. That's for sure. Right. Well, let's uh, let's listen to him. And if you you just yell stop when you want to deconstruct the military base that it uses for attacking the Middle East and Central Asia, uh, the Navy is expanding facilities there for nuclear powered guided missile submarines with Tomahawk missiles, which can carry nuclear warheads. Uh, each submarine. Is reported to he's, have, he's talking about the buildup in, uh, in the Persian Gulf. The striking power of a typical naval carrier battle group. Uh, the Obama uh, buildup also includes hundreds of uh, so-called bunker buster bombs, the most powerful in the arsenal, short of nuclear weapons. Uh, these are intended for uh, blasting hardened underground structures aimed for Iran, of course. The planning for these uh, bombs began under Bush, but languished. Obama accelerated the program sharply as soon as he took office. And that I found kind of interesting. By the way, the guy is like so anti-Obama. Uh, oh yeah, no, he's uh, he he's, uh, he uh, and uh, many of the progressives that are. Uh, uh, in, in his camp and the ones even further left, they, they hate 
what they call uh, neoliberals. Mm-hmm. And people should do a little work on this one so they can catch up to this. But neoliberals are a type of liberal that's a globalist and internationalist, a, a sleazeball in their minds and against the people and the and the distribution of the true distribution of wealth. They, they want just the rich to get richer and all this sort of thing. And Clinton is like the classic, classic neoliberal and, and Hillary would be too. They're going to hate her. So, but so just so, because somebody's a left like this guy doesn't mean he's going to be pro-Obama. Well, no. But he's act, he's actually he's actually left. Unlike this is my point. Unlike Obama, who essentially is not left at all, he's part of the whole elite cabal. And and he's saying right here is oh Obama accelerated the bunker busters. He's worse than Bush, is what he's saying. I didn't well, know that. By the way, he, he he said well you know he also said that Bush let it, he said he started it and then let it languish and there was no explanation for that. He's talked so far. His information is vague. this is typical of Chomsky. A lot of vague assertions, a lot of generalities, uh, uh, all ominous, of course, and then a few sharp you know needles to. Uh, Whoever he's targeting in this case, it seems to be Obama. Yeah, a couple more, a couple more. Yeah. And they're now to be deployed years ahead of schedule, of course, aimed at Iran. A very restrict, respected British strategic analyst, Dan Plesh, uh, he points out, I'm quoting him, they're gearing up totally for the destruction of Iran. The U.S. bombers and long-range missiles are ready today to destroy 10,000 targets in Iran in a few hours. The firepower of U.S. forces has quadrupled since 2003, accelerating rapidly under Obama. Uh, a U.S. I, I love that accelerating <laughs> rapidly under Obama. Several dozen. Way. Several he dozen. He uses the word. Yeah, he uses the word. Uh, several, yeah, he uses the word. Uh, uh, accelerate accelerated uh, of course he doesn't know that how does he know but for example that this years ahead of schedule is he, i like that i, I like that it's all doing. bullshit you know this is just making this stuff up as it goes along it's not you how do we know it's years ahead of schedule it could be behind schedule for all we know and how would he know but i do well, like that i do like that he's basically saying obama is a douchebag <laughs> well that is I, amusing yeah it's very amusing but you know, if it was up to him, he'd have. You know, you got to remember, this is the guy, and I, there, there'll be some people in the chat room or someplace. Oh, this is bullcrap! I've looked at this, and I remember when it happened because it was I was like, you know, in school, and he was. Uh, in fact, it hurt this guy quite a bit, and he's tried to lie his way out of it. But Noam Chomsky was a huge supporter of the Khmer Rouge. He thought that he was a bit, big anti-war, anti-Vietnam War guy, and he supported Pol Pot. Thought he was a great guy, and the Khmer. <laughs> It was a great operation. And I heard him do go on about this on the 60 Minutes or one of these TV things, and he was just blatant about it. And uh, But, of been, course, we had a million people killed on the killing fields, and it wasn't so great anymore. Yeah, and then he denied ever having, oh, no, I know, I never thought much of the guy. And he, he's backed off from it. But the fact of the matter is he would just as soon have Stalin running things as anyone else. And uh, so I don't really care much for the – for him, but you know, you have to. Unfortunately, he's got such a big uh, platform that you have to listen to him. But anyway, is there any more? Uh, it's just more of the same. You know, he says uh, we're going into to to blast Iran. That's and how does he how does he know there's ten thousand? He's targets? Noam Chomsky. He, he knows. knows. <laughs> he knows. You know. You know what? Um, would you call me back, John? Because you just went to AM. AM quality and yeah, and, hi, ladies and gentlemen, John Devore here on the AM radio, twelve sixty, the time in San Francisco. <laughs> Just shut him up. All right, call me back.
This is what we do on a live show. I'm not even going to cut this out. It's so good. Come on. Call me back, John. Yeah, he's gonna, you know what? He's going to sit there like, you're going to call me back. I guess I'll just call him. Be easier that way. You sound better? Yeah, much better. You were waiting for, so, me, to, for me to call you? No, I, I, I had somebody else's window open, so I called them. <laughs> <laughs> Who? I just see the little red You butt-dialed on Skype. Button. You butt-dialed. Who'd you call? I called uh, uh, Steck. Oh, no. <sighs> okay. Hey, we're, uh, we're overdue here, my friend. We need to talk about, uh, the, about this program, how it, uh, how it operates, and the fact that we in the last hour, you've not heard a single ad. Not a single one because Power we don't can't. we don't run ads, and uh, it was actually the uh, Internet Advertising Bureau because I uh, subscribe to all that crap. These are the guys that determine how the pre rolls are supposed. To, you know, we're like we're like union standardized and how big banners are supposed to be and all this Internet advertising crap. They are uh, actually testifying uh, before Congress this week, or they were this week against our privacy saying uh oh you know these privacy bills they will harm business and consumers uh, i.e opt in and opt out so they feel that if if you give your information firsthand to a company willingly or not like in a cookie etc like a double click cookie track um that they should be able to do with that whatever they want this is what the, yeah. This is the, just and 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 play it, play it, douchebags. Come on, yeah. douchebag. And and their argument is, well, you know, without uh, these fantastic advertisers, the internet would not be where it is today. I'm like, oh really? What a mess! Oh really? <laughs> a complete kerfuffle. It's a mess. Yeah, it is. It is pop-ups, pop-unders, all kinds of bull crap. I was again doing a Google search this week for something. Like all I got was just advertising sites, and I went ten deep to find something out. Ten deep. Oh, you can't find anything. I couldn't even ten deep. I went. I had to go ten deep. I couldn't find anything. It was unbelievable. So let's thank some people that help us because we're. This is a user-supported show. That's all it's ever going to be. We're not going to take ads. If people stop supporting the show, we stop doing it. It's just that simple. It's not that difficult to figure out. Uh, we'd like to get more listeners, and that would help us actually make money off of the show. It's so an, it's, could, an, it's a total numbers game. It's not that hard. All you have to do is get more people. We do seem to be going up. In listenership, but we're not. For some reason, we're not seeing that in the uh, in the donation numbers. No. So maybe, maybe it has to be a certain percentage, or, or, or maybe they have to listen longer. I'm not sure. We do have new listeners every week. Uh, they show up on the spreadsheet uh, in green. That's what the green is, and uh, we don't necessarily have to talk about them being newbies. But it, you can see them crop up here and there. Anyway, we do have to thank people like David Dietrich from Round Rock, Texas, that gave us eighty eight dollars, and Matthew Wilson in Hanover, Pennsylvania, seventy eight sixty five, and I think we have a birthday message coming from him or for him in a minute. So. Uh, Stephen or Stephen Stanley at Whiteville, North Carolina. He says, I've been listening to No Agenda for more than a year. Now it's quickly become my favorite show. Sorry it took so long to donate. But please de-douche me now. Yeah, it would be my pleasure. Do you smell oh. what Barack... <laughs> do you smell... <laughs> oh, no. I'm douching myself. Here we go. Uh. You've been de-douched. And he's in beautiful North Carolina, and I attest to the fact that North Carolina is a fantastic place. By the way, that, Full- that, that de-douching takes place with a high-stream jet-powered nozzle. 
Well, if you get further north in North Carolina, you could use it. Uh, South, uh, Cole Calistra, Calistra, uh, I think, is in North Attleboro. By the way, everybody's from the United States this week except one person, which I found peculiar. So where's our listeners in Australia? Yeah, I got some good Australian news coming up even. North Attleboro, Massachusetts, 50 double nickels on the dime. Some karma for his wife who just had an interview today for a teaching job and a little de-douching. He needs it too. You've been de-douched. Joseph Costello, Pittston, Pennsylvania. Not Pittsburgh, Pittston, which I think is interesting. Another birthday, boys. His donation for his 51st birthday, 718. As a physician, I need some karma to survive health care reform. I have a real pet peeve. I'd like to hear your view on it. I can't stand paying $300 or more for the hotel room when I got the little green card. We already talked about it. Mm-hmm. And that's who's the one who brought it up. Our yes. doctor friend. And then finally, we do have a Frenchman. Oh, Sacre Bleu. Sacre Bleu. This is the third, I Tristan believe. Tristan Bernard, I think. Tristan. B-E-S-N-A-R-D. Tristan Bernard. Bonjour. And, um, Sacre Bleu. He's from Kremlin in some part of France I don't know of. Uh, in, unfortunately, they, because of my uh, fonts installed on my spreadsheet, it's all a mess. Yeah, I got, I got a mess, too. Bika Praka Draka Draka France. Yeah, he's in France. Just discovered, uh, just uh, just discovered Le Show, and I like Le Show a lot. Feels like fresh air from the disparity communist France. You have no idea how politically dumb people are over here. Thank you for politi- pol- politically awakening the population. Yeah, well, we do our part. John Lake, of course, is a knighthood layaway, and uh, that's it for this week. Let me do the birthdays because I do want people to have their jingle. They seem and to wait, enjoy it. Wait, I got it. a third birthday to mention before. Okay, well, you do the third birthday first. Then. Okay. It's your birthday, birthday on no agenda. Hit it. Uh, John and Adam, thanks for a great show. I'm donating today as a birthday donation for my husband. Since we don't want our names used on the air, please simply say happy birthday to Night Mage from his wife, Dahania. Even after 17 years, I can't find a better man. Thanks. And then we say happy birthday to Matthew Wilson. His birthday is uh, actually was yesterday, July 24th. And our doctor friend who uh, needed some karma for uh, t- to survive health care reform. Turning, uh, turned 51 last week on the 18th. Joseph Costello, happy birthday from all your friends here at No Agenda. It's your birthday, yeah. And... Um, Don Long E. Anna. Don Doniana is where she wanted me to say. And by the way, uh, we just got a note from Eric. It's uh, it, He's on Ile de France. Oh, Ile de, Ile de France. Where's that? It's, a, it's, the, it's, right, right, it's right in the middle of Paris, isn't it? I have no idea. Um, you know, that's the problem. We need to go to Paris. Oh, yes, we do. We need to go see my friend Johnny we're, Depp. Uh, it was a French guy. Uh, Johnny actually, Depp. We had a couple. <laughs> and Vanessa, Vanessa <laughs> hey, Paradis. Johnny Depp. Let's go say, hey, Johnny, man, how you doing? And okay. Vanessa, Vanessa Paradis. Now, I had a couple people over um, yesterday, and uh, one of them was a uh, Van- uh, Vanity Fair editor, reporter. She'd been there for 15 years, uh, just recently got laid off in the, like, the third round of layoffs. And this other uh, dude, uh, I think he's French, but maybe from England, whatever. And, all of, and, and it was really... Uh, in, it was really nice to hear these people starting, you know, who I didn't know, they're uh, acquaintances of Mickey, and they just started out of the blue, like talking about Monsanto and uh, and BP and all. Of, and like, wow, uh, gee, that's kind of, you know, I, I've been taught now, I've self-taught, but also 
Mickey has a taser in the back of my neck. You know, it's like easy on the crackpot shit when I have my friends over because, you know, it, you got to ease them into it. But it was it was so it was it was like it was so easy because they, they were ready for it. And they're like, they know all this stuff. This The, the word is getting out. People are awakening. And they, they weren't even listening to this show. Now, they probably are today. They're definitely listening. And it's just, it's amazing how many people in this extremely liberal, democratic, uh, you know, uh, we love Obama, uh, <laughs> Republic of Obama. Southern California. Yeah. Oh, Southern California is ridiculous. Yeah, but but they're all like, hey, this guy's a douche. He's not doing anything. This is crap. And, you know, we've got these shit. This guy even knew about Tom Vilsack, the, uh, uh, the secretary of, uh, of agriculture, being a Monsanto shill. And it was just, it, I was like, "Wow, this is great!" You sh- and and I, you know, just started laying a couple of things on him about the, about the show, and I'm like, "Wow, yeah, oh yeah, this is got to listen." And, and by the way, uh, just as a quick side note, I told the Variety girl who had done a lot of reporting; she's met Mel Gibson many times, and uh, and it, I laid the Shantix rap on her that we think that you know the guys like on Shantix, and and she went, "Oh my God, I can't believe no one has picked up on this." It, n- Mel is a complete nick addict. Can't get off of it. He's always sneaking smokes when he's when he's you know he's he, he's quitting every week, or whatever. And I said, I think the guy's on Shantix. And she said, oh, I couldn't. Of course, she knew what Shantix does to you. So it was great. So uh, you know, yeah. there is well, effect. You didn't get the word to him. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. Okay. Ile de France is one of the uh, one of the regional areas where Paris is in the middle of it, not the other way around. Now, so Dvorak.org/na is where you can contribute to the show. Any donation uh, matters, helps, and uh, is highly appreciated. It'll matter a lot more in the near future. You'll find out why. Um, it's it's important. It's the only way we can do this program, and uh, it seems like there's more work. Uh, we don't mind it. In fact, they enjoy it immensely. But it's uh, it's like I've just more time. So consider uh, supporting us with value for value. You can also go to channeldvorak.com slash NA. Of course, our uh, main site, noagendashow.com. Now we have a couple of uh, subscription programs. And this is really, although we love, we love the larger amounts because it's, it's tidying us over until the monthly subscriptions get up to par, which we're probably at a sixth of where we need to be on the on the monthly so we have quite a ways to go but we started a new program which is the <clears throat> the mothership boarding pass and it seems that people are quite interested in this uh, and it's a $33.33 a month it's a real commitment but when you think about it and you really think about what you're spending 33 bucks a month on <clears throat> you know my daughter spends more spends three times that amount on aspartame chewing gum we calculated it last night because, you know, she's moving out here in September and she's like, got to do a budget. It's like, well, how much of this crap do you chew a day? And, and it's aspartame. So she's totally hooked on it. She had withdrawal symptoms yesterday when she didn't have any. I had to go to the gas station to get her some. And, and she calculated that it's 100 bucks a month. 100 bucks a month in gum? In aspartame. Oh, in aspartame. Yeah. Well, aspartame gum. 100 gum. bucks. Yeah. And kids chew this. You, know, you may chew this. Uh, anyone out there? You, when you do the numbers, you know you're spending a lot of money on stupid crap. Gum has gotten very expensive. Yes. When did that happen? When? Well, ever since aspartame, which is highly addictive, is put in almost everything. It's a drug. Hey, hey, here's a question for you. How come they? When did they come out with these gums? And you can see them. You go to the store, and the gums are now packaged so it looks like packages of condoms. Yep. With a little lid that flips open, they've got nice little colors on them. And it's, but the design work is like condom design. Yes, yeah. 
I know. I know. The, is, I think this is, must be like the, the old candy cigarettes kind of a concept. I think you're very close to something there. And the whole point is the stuff is now officially addictive. Aspartame has addictive properties. And people are getting hooked on it. And so you might as well look good. You might as well think you're getting laid. Oh, I'm going to open up my condoms. I'm feeling good as I chew this. So anyway, the $33.33 a month is, uh, and we're only doing a 1,000 of them. That'll get you uh, a guaranteed spot. You get a beautiful boarding pass for the mothership uh, when it comes to take us uh, away to safety. And, uh, and I will point out that uh, just I'm yesterday, just yesterday, and the pictures are beautiful, there was a blue translucent disc spotted over Malaysia, and uh, only, uh, only a couple pictures of it because camera phones didn't work. They actually, you know, people couldn't use their cell phones. Uh-huh. Uh, but this thing is beautiful. I think the ships are starting to slowly uncloak. So you might want to think about getting your mothership boarding pass uh, rather quickly. And, of course, the lower the number. Camera the, phones didn't work. The lower, That's hilarious. The lower the number, the, the, the earlier you get to board. And, uh, and of course, you're supporting us. You're well, supporting the show. Yeah, you could be in the A group. Yeah, <laughs> the A group, the B group. We we'll have the A group, the B. group. No, no, group. we're gonna do Disney characters. Okay, everyone in Goofy, you can board now. <laughs> Goofy group. <laughs> but seriously, uh, we jest. But uh, hey, what if, right? So the mothership boarding passes. Uh, we still have plenty to go around. Uh, what do we still have? Like eight hundred, more than that, probably. No, no we have like not. We 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 have only we have lots left. Oh. <laughs> Okay. It's okay. We have to keep pr- plugging it. That's fine. Well, people got a letter about this. Um, a letter? Did you, they, did you put a stamp email. on the letter? I wish. <laughs> they got an email about it. And I, I want to mention something here because we do send these emailings out once a month. And some people, oh, you're sending out all this spam. It comes out once a month. We're going to send a reminder out, though, next week. But we sent you an email. If you've ever given anything to the show, or even if you're on the mailing list, and... Uh, about, you know, two-thirds of the people open it. Some people, ah, screw it. And even when we did the extra show, which people actually paid, you know, they, they, they did what they, you know, we did an extra show for them specifically, and half the people still never even listened to it. Uh, I find it weird. What, they didn't listen to the show? No, they never opened the email to get the link to the, to the third show. Really? Yeah. Huh. It's like, oh, and so some people just, they, they unsubscribe. unsubscribe. <laughs> really? It's very easy to do. And by the way, when you unsubscribe, since I'm, I'm just going to tell people this is a little inside scoop. I use MailChimp right now. And when you unsubscribe from one of the, you know, you, you click the thing at the bottom, it's always risky. Oh, they're just going to know I, I really live. No, if you click unsubscribe on, the, on, this, on these mailings, you will never get another piece of mail because MailChimp is paranoid about, you know, getting spammers or whatever. And so you're going to have trouble getting back on the list. So, uh, but it does work. You won't be getting any mailing. Speaking of MailChimps, um, I got an anonymous message, but with two great links about Dr. Andrew Wakefield. Now, you'll recall that we talked about him. Uh, this is a very controversial guy. Uh, and whenever we mention him, then there's huge shitstorms of emails start to fly. Uh, people saying, oh, this guy's a shill for the vaccine company. I can't believe you. You mentioned him. And, you know, then and I get tons of medical students, I might add. Ninety percent of the doctors or PhDs are, are PhDs in study, 
who say, you know, you should check your facts about autism. And of course, uh, I and and oh, it's like you're Jenny McCarthy, eh, whatever. Um, she she is kind of hot, and she's available again. Oh, there's the ten thirty five right on time. There it comes. So there's a new study that he has done that was uh, uh, printed, and there's a couple links uh, in the show notes. And uh, he's done a study that was not financed by a vaccine company. Um, here's what he did. He vaccinated some monkeys, some primates, uh, and tested uh, vaccinated monkey's brain versus an unvaccinated monkey's brain. And by the way, in the vaccine, he did put uh, adjuvant and, uh, and all of the, the typical stuff that is in what we are basically giving our kids with, the, what is it, up to 26 or 28 vaccines now. And I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I think that we could uh, certainly back off on a couple of things. And uh, the brains of the monkeys who were exposed exhibit a clear pattern of mature... This is why I'm not a doctor. They look fucked up. Matur- hey, they, they, these guys, these sleazeballs in the chat room just kicked me off. <laughs> You've been banned. Hey, that's right. John C. Work was kicked. <laughs> oh, someone called you an impersonator. What a Hello. bunch of douchebags. Yeah, really. Hold on. Let me douchebag him for you. Douchebag. Anyway, right, I'm, um, I'm done with them. It looks, like, uh, it looks like the chimps' brains were affected by the vaccine, and uh, they are in decline of maturation. I guess that's the way. Uh, similar to Alzheimer's, essentially, which uh, Wakefield is now saying, well, that obviously could be uh, related to autism, which, of course, is very little is actually known or proven about autism. So there does seem to be some effect, and it doesn't seem to be good. Well, you know, so, the guy's got he's got to make a recovery because he got completely marginalized with all his... Yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, and we're not fans or anybody. People call us propagandists. That's what I always like when they call us propagandists about stuff. Like, what? Who are we yeah, propagandizing for? for? What? If we were real propagandists, we wouldn't be begging you for money, now would we? We'd be rich. <laughs> That's for sure. We'd, We'd be, be paid rich. by the communists. That's right. We'd be on the payroll of Hill and the communists. We'd be rubbing <laughs> shoulders with Noam Chomsky, baby. Yeah, what are you talking a, about? We'd be having a beer with him as we speak. <laughs> Right after the show, right after the show, we're having a show with we're having a beer with Noam Noam Chomsky. Um, I can't believe this two to the head guy kicked me from the chat. Well, well, he said that you were uh, an impersonator. How does he know that? Well, because you're never you're never in the chat room. You're never in the chat room. Well, and you're not registered. So what? Yeah, well, that's this is how it goes, brother. Yeah, well. uh, news from Gitmo Nation Down Under. Important news that you need to know. Um, Abby Winters, very famous in Australia, is moving her server from Australia to Amsterdam as uh, her uh, operations are no longer welcome there. Of course, uh, she is a porn star uh, specializing in lesbian and solo chick porn. So abbywinters.com, now a server in Amsterdam. Yeah, like that's going to last forever. Uh, but the the big news coming out of Gitmo Nation Down Under is uh, actually two pieces of news. Uh, under a Freedom of Information Act, um, they uh, a request was put in and received about the government's plans. Remember, they have a new prime minister down there. The government's plans to censor the Internet. Uh, 90% 
of the document was blacked out. Reason? To stop premature, unnecessary debate. (laughs) (laughs) And you look at this document, it's like like a white sheet of paper with just nothing but black lines all the way, 90%. Like, well, we just don't want to have an unnecessary debate right now, so uh, we feel that you slaves need to shut up. You don't need to see that right now, but how we're going to shut down the internet later. And it's just crazy. And um, as we already suspected, the new Australian Prime Minister, Gillard, Gillard, I don't know how you pronounce that down there, Julia, Julia Gillard, uh, pretty much came out and said, hey, you know, that uh, climate change uh, stuff that uh, my, my, you know, the guy in uh, Rudd didn't push through, um, I think we're going to do that in 2012. I'll, I'll get right on that. So that's coming for you all. Yeah. Here's an interesting little note I got from John, the recovering lobbyist. (laughs) Not only did Spain win the World Cup, but they also got the Tour de France. The guy in second place was killing the Spaniard (laughs) until his bike mysteriously malfunctioned. Really? That's a bike. And the Spaniard, against all etiquette of the sport, took advantage of that and took the lead. Really? then he says, okay, Spain's had enough. Tell the secret society <laughs> to let somebody else enough win. Was, and the Spaniards, another from Tony the terrorist, who, of course, drives these people from the airport, he says, there's so many people from Spain and San Francisco right now. They have, they're all partying. I'm like, uh-huh. I wonder. <laughs> it's like this, and they can clearly afford town cars. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, so someone got a payoff. They're all partying in San Francisco. That's interesting. The uh, USGS, uh, which is the uh, United States, uh, what's it, uh, Geological Society, is that what it is? Service? The, the people who monitor the earthquakes? Yeah. They have a Twitter, they have a Twitter feed? And, yeah, uh, I, th- I, don't, I don't think I subscribe to it, but I know they have one. So I subscribe to this Twitter feed, and uh, this one comes out uh, July 23rd, so that's, uh, what, Friday, 5, 11 p.m., I can't remember a sequence of three closely spaced M7 plus quakes like this before. Amazing. All deep with weak shaking. Hmm. M7? M7 plus. M? What's the M? Magnitude. Oh. Magnitude 7 plus. Uh, Okay, and what scale? Never mind. Yeah, we we all know that. But then I go and and look at it and... uh, uh, where was it? Uh, Philippines, Philippines, Philippines. The Moro Gulf. So what's Gulf. going on in the Philippines? You must don't have know. some theory. I know. <laughs> I don't. You must have a theory. I don't by have now. a theory. No, but I thought it was interesting that someone apparently so either, you would presume this to be an official from the the earthquake central for them to say, "I can't remember this. This has never happened before." Hmm. Well, no, of course not, because they're f- flicking the flicking the switch again. Well, there has to be a reason. Somebody might know. So here's another one that's kind of off-the-wall story that's floated around. This was this minor. It's not really something that we need to dwell on. But apparently Vivek Kundra, our oh, friend. Oh, yes. It, Mr. App. The App Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got the GAO to retract its unflattering audit of recovery.gov, really? the $18 million website. And apparently they're also saying, that, of course, he... Kundra made a big fuss over this, saying, no, no, you can't do this. Is, you're ruining it for us. 
But apparently, uh, in reviewing the recovery.gov dashboard, the GA, you know, the dashboard. dashboard yeah, the dashboard. Crap it's dash- a, that's such a Silicon Valley word. Uh, what's the dashboard for the company? Well, uh, here's the check. GAO's auditor found problems with it and the numbers it produced. Bogus. <laughs> As a near real-time database, it didn't use recent data. It used data that was between two, two months and two years old. GAO said the old data caused the inaccuracies. But how did he Kundra, get the... How, Kundra yeah. countered GAO's word inaccuracies by saying it implies that the most basic standard of measuring ratings had been set and the results are either accurate or inaccurate. Because of that binary standard, instead there's much more flexibility in the IT dashboards rating system. So, you know, they have uh, usaapps.gov, I think. Yeah. Let me just check. Let me see. USA, I think it's apps. Or maybe it's just apps.gov. And they've got, they're like doing iPhone apps. Oh, let me see. Apps. <laughs> Gov. How come I can't find this? Oh, yeah. App, yeah, apps.gov. Here you go. And I'm thinking, why don't these guys pay me to promote their stupid apps? They should do that. I totally. They don't f- care about it. They're, they're living off the government tit. I totally they don't have to fold. pay you anything. It's money out of their pocket. Uh, true. No. Welcome to apps.gov. No, that's, that's, Items that's in not cart. the one. No, I don't think that's the one, actually. It says a service provided by the GSA. Right. What's cool about the cloud? <laughs> well, it's cloud computing. This is something to do with them because uh, Kundra's a big cloud nut. Yeah, but this isn't the one. There's uh, social media social apps. Media Maybe, apps. That's it. Maybe that's it. Because they had like a whole, I remember seeing a page with a whole bunch of iPhone apps. Oh, look at this. Hmm. Google Analytics, price free. Enroll. Hmm. I, you know what? I don't know. I, it was a different page I was looking at. Apps.gov. Bing, price free. Vivek what kind of an app is Bing? You can get Bing <laughs> out of any browser. It's not even something you download Bing. Bing app. Free. Bing is a search engine from Microsoft designed to go beyond the 10 blue links of today's search to A. Then does it say any more? Do I, if I hit enroll, does it? Oh, here it goes. Bing is specific. If you oh, hit enroll, please. You get the I, I don't, I don't want to hear it. Screw Vivek Kundra. But begins with. This is like a promotion for Microsoft if you yeah, read this. Of course it is. Pretty funny article in Wired um, telling. Journalists, it's like a starter kit for journalists on how to write about Haiti. Ooh. It's very funny. You want to hear a little bit of it? Yeah, give me a bit. For starters, always use the phrase, the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Your audience must be reminded again of Haiti's exceptional what? poverty. Who sent this out? This is one Wired. This is... Uh, no, but where did it come from? From Wired Magazine. This is Wired's own internal document to tell people how no, to write about no, Haiti? No, 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 no. It's... A, no, no. <laughs> It's a joke written oh, by uh, Ansel, whatever his name is, uh, and he's he's. It's a public document. Oh, he's mocking the model that he's he's deconstructing. <laughs> he's, okay. he's deconstructing exactly. Uh, your audience must be reminded again of Haiti's exceptional poverty. Um, you are always struck by quote the resilience of the Haitian people, <laughs> and it's yeah, great it's because good. this is exactly how it's always written. They will survive no matter how poor they are. Uh, a two-sentence quote about their misery fitting neatly into the story is all that's needed. Uh, on your last visit, you always became enchanted with Haiti. <laughs> you're in love. 
It's very funny. You're in love with this colorful culture and feel compelled to return. You care so much about these hardworking people. You are there to help them. You are their voice. They cannot speak for themselves. Don't listen if the Haitians become loud, loudly or become un, speak loudly or become unruly. You might, you might be in danger. Get out of there. Protests are not to be taken seriously. Uh, it just goes on and on and on. Uh, many of the put looters, a link in the show notes. It sounds, yeah, oh yeah, sounds like many of the looters are squatters. <laughs> <laughs> Point out that Port-au-Prince is overcrowded. Do not mention large empty plots of green land around the city. Of course, it's not possible to explain that occupying U.S. Marines forcibly initiated Haiti's shift from distributed rural growth to centralized governance in the capital city. This is a great article. It sounds like it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, You'll like it. Uh, I'm gonna blog it. On the other, uh, everyone here loves Bill Clinton and Wyclef Jean. <laughs> there are no dissenting views on this point. Never mind that neither lives here. Never mind that Clinton admitted to destroying Haiti's domestic rice economy in the 90s. Never mind that Wyclef Jean's organization has repeatedly mismanaged relief funds. That's all in the past. They represent Haiti's best hope for the future. Their voices matter, which means the media must pay close attention to them, which means their voices matter, which means the media must pay, you know, dot, dot, dot. It's it's good. It's very funny. Very, very funny. So I got a couple. I got a new meme. Or some, I don't know what they're up to with this. But Fox has decided, and I've seen it on a couple shows, O'Reilly really pushed it the other day. Fox has decided that they are a new media company. Right. O'Reilly can't even do his email address at the end of each show. He keeps messing up the email address. Mr. New Media. They say they're a new media company, so... Which I found, you know, they said, there was a big pitch about this. Oh, now, all, you know, they're now, because they were talking about how they handled the Shirley Sherrod thing. And the new media companies had this to, to say, and that the new media companies like us at Fox. So he reads a quote from the New York Times discussing, uh, apparently it was a kind of a, uh, editorial, discussing a, um, the, the the situation with that woman from the Department of Agriculture. Yeah, and I want Shadoni. you to listen. I want you to listen to his quote, and then when he's done with the quote, I want you to stop. Okay. He, okay. He, he reads from the uh, New York Times. He's reading directly from the New York Times. Okay. New York Times writing about the uh, Shirley Sherrod story, and this is a quote uh, from their article. All right, it's a hard news article by Cheryl Gay Stolberg um, and Sheila Duncan or Dawson and Brian Stelter. Mr. Vilsack's late afternoon appearance capped a humiliating and fast-paced few days, not only for the White House but also for the NAACP and the national new media. That's me, especially Fox News Channel and the host Bill O'Reilly and Sean Hannity, all of whom played a role in promoting a story about Ms. Shirai. So uh, it's humiliating. Okay, I want to stop there? Yeah. Okay. Now, I want you to play the whole thing again. But wait. He's reading from the article. The article says very clearly, and his prompter, I don't know what his prompter says, but on the screen they show what the quote is. He says, it says, the national news media. Oh, but but he reads new media and says, that's me. Yeah. But it's uh, but the but the actual words are the national news media should be embarrassed, and then they include a bunch of Fox people because they're in the national news media. <laughs> so he's he's misreading that they're actually slamming him. 
Yeah, yeah. He, well, they, they're slamming him anyway, but he's misreading this. He puts new media, that's me, he says, which is bull crap. Then, and now, well, you're going to play the whole thing from the beginning. Then he, he, he finishes off with that, and he mumbles about this and that and the other thing. And then he does a little neuro-linguistic number at the end where he says, we were, we, you know, we apologize for being, uh, making the mistake. Uh, then he says, we were right. The sentence should, at the end, he's going to say, we were right. And we apologize or something like that. But it should be we were wrong and we apologize. But he said we were right, which kind of puts it in your brain that they, that were, they right were right when they weren't. Oh. It's very it. interesting. So you listen to the whole thing. First, you get this little bull crap about new media, which he was promoting earlier in the show. So obviously, Fox is trying to distance itself from what they're calling dead media. In fact, if you listen to Rush Limbaugh over the past few weeks you would find that Rush Limbaugh is promoting the agenda that the, the old media, the, the classic mainstream media, doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> it's just a propaganda tool. Okay. So Fox has to get themselves out of that, that quagmire because it, by Limbaugh's definition, that would include them. Got it. Let's- I find the whole thing to be just like I'm watching this going, oh, this is, this is going to be interesting to see how they can make this work. They're not going to make it work. But you might as well play this again, and then you can hear the uh, neuro-linguistic thing at the end, which I think was probably just a mistake. New York Times writing about the uh, Shirley Sherrod story. And this is a quote uh, from their article. All right, it's a hard news article by Cheryl Gay Stolberg um, and Sheila Duncan or Dawson and Brian Stelter. Mr. Vilsack's late afternoon appearance capped a humiliating and fast-paced few days, not only for the White House, but also for the NAACP and the national new media, that's me, especially Fox News Channel and the host Bill O'Reilly and Sean Hannity, all of whom played a role in promoting a story about Ms. So uh, it's humiliating. Now, I'm just going to just say this. It wasn't humiliating, New York Times, you pinheads. I just made a mistake, all right? Um, everybody makes them. You guys make them. You guys make a hundred more than I make, all right? Because you're corrupt and dishonest. I'm honest and not corrupt, okay? So what you said about humiliating, we're not humiliated. We got the story right. All right, we made a mistake in the process. We owned up to it. You never own up to your mistakes because you're corrupt. Right. You know what? I don't care about this guy. We got the story right. Yeah. You should care about him because he's the he has more numbers than anybody. Uh, yeah. And so there's That's a lot a of point. a That's lot a of crazy point. things that take place that you you spot here and there if you if you pull yeah. them out. Yeah, well, he's, he's he's he is his mind control. He's, he's performing yeah. a version of mind control by saying, we're great, we're new well, media. new media. This we're new, new media, media just kills me. That's me. This is about <laughs> media. The guy's an old hack broadcaster. <laughs> God knows. He was, when I was a kid, I was watching. He was on the local station. You know how he has his uh, Patriots and Pinhead segment? Yeah. I've got a new segment for him. Douchebag. <laughs> new segment. <laughs> new segment here, everybody. At, at the new media. So, uh, you know they found that 18th century ship under the World Trade Center? Did you yeah. read about that? It was kind of interesting, right? So, I guess they built uh, the World Trade Center on top of that. So, they removed the uh, this wood. Do you know where they moved it to? Hangar 17 at JFK, which is the same place they took all the debris from the World Trade Center to hide it. To hide yeah. it. <laughs> they took it to the same place. Huh. Right. Uh, why. Yeah, that's the... Uh, by the way, I just wonder why, please. Wonder why. Wonder why. 
because it has damning evidence in it. That's why. Like all the other steel, the other steel that just got shipped off and no one got to analyze. Got to get that recycling going. WTC seven won't go away. So I got a new. Oh, go ahead. I got a new drug commercial though. Oh, let's do a drug commercial. And this is the third in in the series of (laughs) it's it's the trifecta. It's it's the hat trick. It's the hat trick where you where somebody is excoriating the listener. For not, you know, it's like the son, you should have listened, Dad. Listen to your doctor. Yeah, you need to take aspirin. You should have listened. You're stupid. Listen, shut up, stupid slave. Take your drug. Take your meds. So there's a nut. So this is time. It's a, again a an underling, the younger brother, t- telling the bigger brother that he's. Uh, uh, which is, I think there's some societal thing going on here because there's always somebody like it's the kid telling the dad, the wife telling the the husband, somebody telling somebody who, but yeah. so, or the kids telling the father. But it's, it's always it's the it's dad who's a, a douchebag. It's never bag. a father figure telling a kid. <laughs> no, because we're little pussified wimps and we're we're stupid and we need to be dumbed down even more. So it's a. Uh, What's it for? What's the drug? Uh, it's some. It's a new, another new. Uh, it, lower your cholesterol, lower your platelets, yeah. lower your your arteries. It's brand new. I never saw. It. You know that these guys, they're all their patents have run out. They've got no new drugs, so they're just trying to. They're just like, hey, well, you got some chemicals in the back. Yeah, I got some powder. Hey, let's package that <laughs> let's shit up. It up. Let's mix it up and tell people they got to take their meds. Hey, Pete. Yeah, it's me, big brother. I'm already liking it. <laughs> hey, Pete. Yeah, it's me, big brother. Put the remote down and listen. This intervention brought to you by Niaspan. Oh, so you God. cut back on the cheeseburgers and stopped using your exercise bike as a coat rack. That's it? You're done? I don't think so. You told me your doctor's worried about plaque clogging your arteries. What do you call it? Coronary artery disease. That cholesterol medicine he also wants you on? Niaspan? I looked it up online. Hey, Pete, you waiting for an engraved invitation? If you have high cholesterol and coronary artery disease and diet and exercise are not enough, Niaspan, along with diet and a bile acid binding resin, is FDA approved not only to slow down plaque buildup, but to actually help clear some of it away. Pete, as kids, I always looked up to you. I'm just trying to look after you. If you cannot afford your medication, call 1-877-NIASPAN. Niaspan is not for everyone, like people with stomach ulcers, liver, or serious bleeding problems. Severe liver damage can occur when switching to Niaspan from immediate release niacin. Blood tests are needed to check for liver problems. Tell your doctor if you have muscle pain or weakness. This could be a sign of serious side effects. This risk can increase with statin use. Tell your doctor about alcohol use, if you've ever had gout, or are diabetic and experience increases in blood sugar. Flushing, a common side effect, is warmth, redness, itching, or tingling of the skin. Ask your doctor about Niaspan. Fight back. Fight plaque. Niaspan. And when plaque only used to be on your teeth? Yeah, well, it's everywhere now. Back in the good old days. Hey, hey this is your kid brother here. Hey, doofus. This is an intervention. Take the drug. This is an intervention, you. Stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Something about bile acid resin. There was some. There's like two or three things there. You couldn't. He mumbled this. This. This great announcer. Yeah. He mumbles two or three things. Niacin and bile acid taken in conjunction with a resin or something. Yeah. What was the thing about alcohol? Like something to your head or something? Don't have, take alcohol and you're going to swell up like a balloon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> what the, I don't know. We should just we should just make a ten minute clip. I'll do it for the Evergreen Show. A ten minute clip of just these horrible things that can happen, which will probably never actually air because uh, we seem somehow to always be able to pull off two shows a week and and always have a hope that one day we'll be supported enough to do three and do it full, basically full time because it takes a whole day to prep. Full, a full. day. I start working on the show. It takes me two days to get ready for the show. Well, I'm always tagging stuff, but then I have no, to I'm have always a... recording the clips. Right, right. So um, we we must speak briefly about the oil cabal. Uh, we actually had uh, some pretty angry people. Um, in fact, Driller Doug, who I'm now doubting as a source, uh, called. He actually called us propagandists for what? Um, and uh, you know, of course, now BP uh, yet another. Photoshop job has come out. This one was actually... Uh, I had seen this one many, many months ago, I think. I, I, it's weird. I think they used someone else's Photoshopped image. This is of the helicopter. Mm. And, and the helicopter is you know, supposedly flying over the, over the gulf. And, and right in the left-hand window, the, uh, the, uh, which is actually... Um, in, this case, in that particular helicopter, I think, is co-pilot side, interestingly enough. Um, you can see the tower from where the picture was actually taken when the thing was sitting on the ground. <laughs> they forgot to Photoshop that piece out. That's the problem when you do Photoshop uh, and you're doing this kind of thing. Because I can phony up a picture pretty well. But the uh, there's always these little details. And it's like, you know, this reflection or some other, the sh- shadowing. The, sh- the, 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 the One of the main problems, of course, is the focus. Some people don't get that. You have to blur things so they look Yeah, the depth of blurry. field, all kinds of stuff. But, but they admit it again. So, yeah, well, yeah, that was Photoshopped. It's like so now they're fair game, and, I think so. And and YouTube once again a video, and I, this is a great video. And we looked at it together at the office, and you know I'm I look at this thing a couple more times. I don't see how it can be a reflection. So they show the uh, there's a video switching between uh, multiple of these uh, oil cams, which I question because they're all BP branded and who knows I mean hey if Stanley Kubrick could direct the moon landing why can't James Cameron do the BP oil spill right and you see a door open in the back it's like a, like a guy walks into the studio <laughs> and then he walks right back out like oops oh I shouldn't uh, oh I wonder that's why this says do not enter on that door and and you look at it and I'm thinking John this can't be a reflection why would you have a camera on a screen why wouldn't you just have a direct feed I mean, it li- and 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 if it's a if it's a video trickery job, it's a good one. Yeah, yeah. There's a. Uh, in fact, I'm going to give this to the uh, to the chat room right now. I want them to see it um, because the chat room they may have already seen it, but uh, I just need some real time feedback. It's at 28 seconds. The door opens in the background to the right, and again at 38 seconds. It's CNN video, by the way. So it aired on CNN, and it, I just don't see how it can be, uh, you see bubbles floating by, and then all of a sudden to the right of this uh, of, of the leaking oil thing, a door opens, and it looks like it's in the background. And a guy walks in, and he, oops, closes the door and walks back out. <laughs> what is this? I mean, it, it really looks like a, like a mistake. I can't help it. 
There's a. Uh, I'm going to send you this link, which is a link of the helicopter uh, cockpits thing with with people that have apparently gone back and fo- re-photoshopped. Oh yeah, it, no, so. I've, I've seen it. Oh, you saw like, that one? Oh yeah. The, the, now it's all over the web. Now people are putting all kinds of crazy shit out there, like cattle. <laughs> Previously on Lost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very funny. Um, however, there are still some congressional hearings going on, and uh, two things I want to play. Uh, this is from uh, Friday. This is uh, a technician, and he was, well, just listen to what he testifies. He actually testifies that the alarms uh, that are supposed to alert for um, gas buildup, uh, fire, and some other bad thing, uh, that those alarms were actually purposely disabled. Hold on a second, my browser is freaking out here, of course. Why would it actually work? Um, uh, I don't now, think, here's where I come in and complain like you did to yeah, me bitterly I, earlier. I, well, I think my browser is crashing here. Hold oh, on. well, use a different browser. Yeah, I'm going to. Let me just... Uh, you know what? Safari on the Mac, uh, I think it has like a memory leak or something, this new Safari 5. Yeah, because after a while, if you, if you leave it open like you know, like a normal human being would do on a computer, it, it just crashes. It just uh. like slows down, and then it uh, stops responding, and then the and this flash stuff that's got to go too. This flash is sucks. Flash video, it's, it's it's doesn't work anymore. Do you have this problem? Nope. <laughs> you get any spam? I've gotten maybe two pieces of spam in the last uh, year. <laughs> Happened to be when I was just looking right over your shoulder. Mm, damn. All right, here we go. Let's try this again. Let's see if we can get this uh, this video from this guy. This was, and I should have. You're right. I should have gotten this from C-SPAN. I should have pulled the clip, but uh, I saw it this morning. And as I said, I had 168 different stories. I'm following up on. You haven't. You don't have the handy H2 recorder from Zoom. No, I don't. What do they cost? You should. They're they... like 150 bucks or so. They're the best device you'll ever own. Yeah. If you have a little jack, you know, you plug in the back of your... You have a couple extra outputs from that dish network thing you've got. You plug in the jack into it. You stick it in the H2. Just leave it there. And then when something comes up, you clip it. Bing. And it does. It's a nice wave for MP3 file. All right. Well, I appreciate you trying to uh, to talk it all the way up. It's just not playing anymore. I don't know. It's it's dead. Fucking mm. crap. Okay, so anyway, the guy goes on record, and he says, uh, oh, the, the alarms are disabled. Uh, oh, but then it works, and it brings me up a stupid-ass pre-roll. Oh, let's listen to a dumb commercial. Here, this is what you'd have to deal with normally if this show were not sponsored by you. Air is unaware from black. So it stands to reason my ideas will be powerful if they are wise. Powerful. Powerful. If they are worthy. I'm a worthy. Save the children. children. I can lead the army that will follow. Uh, what is this commercial for? Rule the air. Verizon. Rule the air, Verizon. Did you at any go. time hear any alarm uh, on the that would indicate a general muster? Or Never. Are you familiar with that alarm that I'm referring to, sir? The general yes, sir. alarm. Can you please explain to me how that's set up um, from the chief electronic tech position? Your knowledge of how that alarm is set up. That uh, the general alarm is set up to inform the entire rig of any of uh, any of three conditions: number one, fire; number two, combustible gas; number three, toxic gas. 
Each one of those. Uh, Did you say toxic ass? A distinct tone and a distinct visual light. We have light columns throughout the rig. One red. Uh, within the column, there's a red, a yellow, and a blue. With the red being fire, yellow being toxic, blue being combustible. So you get an audio tone and a visual tone with every general alarm. Did you get either one of those alarms on the evening of April 20th? No, sir. Do you know why you never got that alarm, sir? Yes, they were bypassed. And how do you know they were bypassed, sir? Because I physically seen it on the screen. They're actually what's considered inhibited, not bypassed. The correct yeah. word is inhibited. Okay, I'm sorry. Can you please explain what inhibited means to me then? I'm sorry. <coughs> you have four states of alarms. You have a normal operating condition. You have an inhibited condition, which simply means that the, the sensor is active, it is sensing, and it will alarm, and it will give the information to the computer, the computer, but the computer will not trigger an alarm for it. It will give you the indication, but it won't trigger the actual alarm. And then there's an override condition, which means that the computer will not consider that do you know why uh, this was inhibited on the Deepwater Horizon, the system? When I discovered it was inhibited about a year ago, I inquired as to why it was inhibited. And the explanation I got was that they, from the OIM down, they did not want people woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning due to false alarms. <laughs> it was waking us up at night. <laughs> Love it. The alarm was waking us I was up at night. For the punchline in there, it there is. it is. So <laughs> Matthew Simmons uh, is a guy who is uh, what's he? This is a Bloomberg video, by the way. And Bloomberg, pretty respectable news organization. He's the founder of the Ocean Energy Institute. He pulls apart this testimony. Actually, one one guy decided to uh, plead the fifth. One of these engineers, he didn't even want to, uh, he just kept pleading, I, I don't have the audio, obviously, he just keep, kept pleading the fifth, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't testify because he didn't want to incriminate himself. Here we are, this guy who's just a simple-ass engineer. Now listen to what uh, Matthew Simmons on Bloomberg Matthew Television. Matthew Simmons is founder of the Ocean Energy Institute. He joins us on the phone. And Matt, thanks so much. Always good to talk to you again. I know you were hearing what Lizzie was saying. Yeah. Uh, some of the information that I'm seeing here in our Bloomberg story, the pressure inside that well is now over 6,800 pounds per square inch since it's, it was it, sealed on July 15th. Does yeah, that give it, you cause for concern? No, it's a total diversion. Why do you say that? That's, that's the, ga the gas condensate that was trapped in the drilling riser, when, which blew off the wellhead at 10.01 a.m. or p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time on April 20th. That's a mile long of compressed natural gas. What right. we don't know anything about is the open hole, which is caused by the drill bit, when the, when the toss the blowout preventer way out of the hole and all yeah. the casing out of the hole, and we're flowing 120,000 day minimum of toxic poison has now covered the bottom of the Gulf of Mexico. Right. So he's saying he's giving us some new information there, which I think which I found very interesting. Now, what was the name of this organization? Uh, yeah, once you look that up, it's the Ocean Energy Institute. Yeah, once you look that up, and, and I'll just let him talk about the uh, about these guys who were testifying. So what they're talking about is the is 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 the biggest environmental cover up ever, and they knew that that well would that that riser would finally deplete, right. and then they could say we it's over, 
And uh, the and unfortunately, uh, we now have killed the Gulf of Mexico. So, Matt, you're saying that those, this is Lizzie O'Leary, you're saying those pressure readings that they are saying are coming from inside that wellhead just aren't no, valid? No, they're, 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 the, they're the riser pipe. Right. It's attached to the rig floor. And you're saying a, that's, a that's simply a diversion from, from actually getting a decent reading down near... Well, ten, 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 some five to ten miles away is what the NOAA research vessels have now proved is a deep oil lake that's growing by the day. And it's very toxic oil, and its gases are very lethal. And basically, if we have a hurricane now, we need to evacuate the Gulf Coast. Matt, we have about 30 seconds left. Talk to me about the implications for BP. Is bankruptcy in their future? I love that. It's like the most important information we're ever receiving in the world. And this is Bloomberg. We only have 30 seconds left. Can you cram that in there? This is what Which I is, hate. Which is, by the way, why our show doesn't have these kinds yeah, of Yeah, I hate that. So, anyway, here he comes. Sure, is that oh, something? Listen, beep, beep. when people find out the magnitude of the story, the, the, I don't know we can technically clean up the golf, but it would cost at least a trillion dollars. Uh, as you look back... Uh, April 20th was when this accident happened. As, as you look back and reflect on this, what, what were your concerns about what B, BP did or did not do leading up to this explosion? Well, first of all, when I woke up, on, when my wife turned on the television on, at 7 a.m. on the 21st, and I saw this shocking news that one of the greatest deep, deep water rigs ever built by one of the great companies in the industry, Ocean, was, was in the middle of this, of, of this terrible fire. And then they said, this is a rig fire. They're sick. They're, this, is a, this is a fuel on the rig. I know that there was 700 gallons of diesel on the rig, and I said, this is a lie. The Gulf of Mexico's on fire. Why are they saying this? For two days, they kept saying it's a rig fire. When the rig sank, they could no longer call it a rig fire, so they said, it's a, it's a riser leak. Okay, so why did they say it? Because if they'd said the truth, they'd all go to jail. <laughs> Did you look? Well, you might be right on that. Up? Now, this guy's a basically. Uh, I think he's kind of. A, he sounds like a crackpot, but he's. Yeah. The one, he's a big <laughs> he looks like one. Of, He's a big peak oil guy. Uh, he's a big believer in peak oil. Big believer in the Club of Rome, and we need to have less people in the. You know, everyone's going to die off. So he's one of these these populationists and eugenicists. Uh, he is uh, got a lot of interesting background. Uh, uh, he's a, is an investment banker, invests in the oil industry. Some people believe that he's a, a, well, the, an alarmist the, just so he can get more money. Well, the punch the punchline for this, but it takes too long to get to it. Is so this goes on for like five minutes. Says I'm short BP. I've never shorted a stock in my life. Yeah, well, that seems unlikely, by the way. But he said during June 9, twenty ten, interview with Fortune, he claimed BP would have a month before they claimed Chapter Eleven. That would be uh, July 9th, which we've yeah, passed, which hasn't happened yet. Anyway, I thought some and it's of it's on KPFK, you know, Pacifica, apparently quite mm. a bit. I, well, I thought it was interesting. No, it is interesting, but it's uh, not to be taken too seriously. So uh, then I'd just like to wind this uh, this segment up because I'm tired of it, except I think it's funny with the fake BP oil camera. And we have no reason <laughs> to believe him now, right? I mean, we can, we can tear him apart as much as we want. Um, some YouTube videos out of Iowa, uh, people questioning whether the rain might be toxic. Has it actually blown that far north? And uh, one of our um, uh, one of our producers sent a note and says, you know, uh, I live uh, north of the area. I'm seeing dead birds everywhere, more than normal dead birds on the street, the grass, the gutter in Iowa. By the way, all the the trees are turning brown in July, just like dying off. And they're seeing the same type of spots that we talked about earlier. 
uh, along the Gulf Coast. Some organic farmers well, have seen somebody this. will come up with the answer to the, this, yeah. this yeah, question. It's jet fuel being jettisoned, I'm sure. So it's uh, huh? who knows? I I do believe there's a huge cover up. <laughs> I'm told. I'm totally with that. So, uh, well, we're almost done. Well, I have some. I have a couple of clips that yeah. would be worth listening to if yes. you want to hear. I, I, I mean, I could do, go. I got three or four subjects here. I only want to do one. But let, I got a short one here, though. Giving kids pot. Play it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Hold on. I wasn't ready for that. Here we go. No to drugs. So why would a mother convince her 12-year-old to take marijuana? Sounds outrageous. But she says it's for his own good. Yeah. Is it? Here's Chris Connolly. <laughs> the minutes of 12-year-old Ryan's day are filled with emotional turbulence and self-destructive behavior. Thoughts of rage or panic. Self-loathing and lethargy. He is living a nightmare. And so <laughs> that's so the, the mom gives the kid pot? Yeah, the doctor approved this. <laughs> That's Very great. funny story. That's uh, great. And this kid is just hamming it up to no end. It's better, the way, than, no way. It's better than Ritalin. Oh, yeah. No, that's what she says. She says she refused to give her kid Ritalin. Yeah, well, I, I agree with her. Although you I might have, just want... I'm not arguing it. I'm just seeing a lot more marijuana stories coming out. You want to hear a great one from the LA Times? Yeah. Uh, and, of course, this is all because the vote's coming up. As California contemplates legalizing the sale of marijuana, the real war over intoxicants in this country is, as always, over alcohol. And this story goes on to say that alcohol is good for you. And alcohol is better than pot. So oh, really? I mean, <laughs> what PR agency did they hire? I don't know. This is totally off the wall. Yeah, this, let me see who wrote the story. Stanton Peel. Uh, no link. I don't know what Stanton's been writing. Uh, but yeah, uh, alcohol better, weed not so good. Well, there's another jingle we got. We yeah. didn't do that train stuff today. Oh, we, we could if we wanted to. No, no, no. Just no. to run it down. We're going to do it on Thursday. Really? Because you need more material because you're going to be traveling anyway. Okay. So save up the train stories for Thursday and we can do our little thing. We I do have one thing that we could finish the show off with. Okay. Which is a, a very interesting Charlie Rose clip if you want to play it. Oh, wait a minute. Don't tell me it's uh Tell me about the sexuality. It's in your DNA. <laughs> is that the clip? <laughs> Come on. That is a that's a permanent keeper now. You got more clips than that. Let's play one other good thing. All right, we have, uh, well, if, if, this is one that's kind of interesting. This is actually ed- educational. Every once in a while, you have to kind of wonder what, you know, the, the left is all freaked out about, you know, right-wing talk radio. Yeah, because it's it's popular. It's popular. <laughs> what, what, what do we do? They got ratings. So uh, Bill Press, who is a left-wing talker who can't seem to get a syndication gig, but he's on SFM or SR Sirius and XM, and he wrote a book called Toxic Talk that everybody uh, hopes sells a lot because it just quotes quotes all these right-wingers saying crazy things. But he gave a little speech with the, with the strategy that's going to be implemented by the left to counter the entire right-wing talk radio. Oh, they have phenomenon. a strategy. The strategy. I have the strategy. On so, so, so let's just establish that they don't actually give a crap about the political message. They care about the ratings. They're, that's what they're bummed out about. Is that the right right wing talk radio is is killing it, killing oh, it in ki- the ratings, killing it, 
killing it. So they don't give a crap about you or I. They just care about their own paycheck. There are 10 hours of conservative right-wing talk for every one hour of progressive talk. And that does not represent what America is all about. So I talk about that. I also talk about a couple of fixes. And I'll tell you about those, and then, and then we'll just drink and party. And there are two fixes that I think. One of them is that progressives have to go out and do what conservatives did, which is put up the money, buy radio stations, build a radio network, and provide an alternative to people who are really looking for other voices on the radio. And i got news for you. David Brock and Eric Burns and I have adopted this as our next project. And we're working on it right now. We're putting a business plan together. So all of you rich liberals who are watching C-SPAN tonight, I want you to know we're coming after your ass. And we want your money on the line. You don't have to. They have a plan, John. They've got a plan. He's, Wait a minute. Let's, let me get this straight. What right-wingers went out and bought a bunch of radio stations? <laughs> These stations have always existed, and they haven't been bought or sold by anyone. This big conglomerates have bought them. Now, let's take a look at our local two stations owned by the same company, KGO and KSFO. Uh, KGO was a, is a left-wing talk station, left- and middle-wing talk station, and they bought KSFO and the same management, including the guy who's, who's the program director, who is a, an extreme left-wing nut, well, to a point, started KSFO and peopled it with, with, the, with the money makers, the Rush Limbaugh's and everybody in between. Rush Limbaugh was on K, uh, KNBR earlier in his – you actually bumped Leo Laporte off the air and they put Rush, you know, which I still think is amusing. And uh, – sure. And but these are not because this is these guys didn't show up on these stations because some right wingers went out and bought a bunch of radio stations. In fact, the radio station that's the the right wing station in San Francisco is owned by a left winger, but they can they can't make money on the other stuff. So So doesn't this prove our point that Fox is also controlled by the Democrats? Yeah, everybody's controlled by the Democrats. Yeah, well, that is our point. But the thing is, these guys are living in a dream world. If they're going to go out and buy up a bunch of radio stations and people are going to flock to them. As somebody always told me once, if you wanted to listen to left-wing, real, true, genuine, left-wing, radical, progressive radio, you've got two or three of these Pacifica stations on the West Coast that are been broadcasting for decades. When I was a kid, we had these stations, and nobody listens to them. Because they're boring. They're really boring. And they got, they got you know, somebody beating a drum and talking about <laughs> Indian folklore and, and poetry. They have a poetry reading. I mean, that's what it deteriorates to. <laughs> yeah, I've been reading up on that, uh, that Giorno list that you were telling me about. That's kind of <laughs> funny. No. It is. It's hilarious. Yeah, here's a, and and I guess uh, that woman is now going to you know sue the Obama camp for FEC re- violations and it's just like it's funny because they 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 were misusing acorns like ah oh, you know, whatever but it is funny it, it's the whole thing is funny the whole thing is funny because it's all fake the only thing that appears to be kind of real is stuff like what we're doing. We're just pulling, yeah. pulling it apart for you. And, and we love Pull doing it, apart, it. Show you again, get you to think properly. The whole idea is to get you, the listeners of the, our show to not think necessarily like us, but to think for themselves. Yes. And to question things, such as the final two stories I shall do. 
A young woman died of a heart attack while using her sex toy. And she was found in bed with a vibrator by her side and a pornographic film playing on her laptop. But more importantly, John. The science is in! Science! A groundbreaking study published in Nature magazine, which is a, one of the world's foremost scientific journals, has published the results of a decade-long project, research project fu- funded by the University of Kansas. As it turns out, those mountain rodents known as marmots, marmots? <laughs> yeah. Are growing Marmots. larger and healthier and more plentiful due to climate change. And they look pretty scary. Yeah, but you know, it seems to me that the marmots could have just moved south and had the same effect. Yeah, but John, the science is in. Science! science! It's in Nature magazine. Monster oh. marmots. When's the movie coming out? Killer, the attack of the killer marmots. Well, it's like somebody pointed out the movie Salt was, you know, exactly the same model of, of story that you had with the Russian spies. The Russian spies, yep. And so uh, this person said, you know, every time I, now I'm starting to see the facts that you see these news articles, stories breaking out of the blue for no apparent reason. And then a movie comes out shortly thereafter that happens to have the same storyline. Yeah. Which we've been pointing that out to the point where you don't even point it out much anymore because it's just so ridiculous, you know, whether it's a scam uh, puff piece on 60 Minutes or, uh, or, uh, or I still remember the Mothman sequel. You know? <laughs> and, you know, uh, the Variety reporter who was here, uh, she yeah. told me that Mel Gibson has actually been working on a movie about conspiracies and uh, the Illuminati and uh, that that may have a lot to do with the, the character assassination he's gone through recently. But he already did conspiracy no, theory. No, no, which... not conspiracy theory, but this is like, this is really about the stuff that I'm into. Oh, the nutball shit. <laughs> yeah, that kind of shit. Thank you, John. <laughs> I, I love you, despite all that. And I'd love to love you a lot more, but we need some support. Dvorak.org slash NA. Please consider signing up for one of our monthly programs, as well as perhaps a donation to become an executive producer, or even a night, which a donation of $1,000 or more uh, will get you, including the coveted ring. We now have manufacture and design is being decided upon, so I've been bitching long enough. I guess we're getting close. over, yes. Yeah. Um, and, of course, uh, our Mothership Boarding Pass. And uh, if you're signed up to our email list, you will uh, receive another uh, notice about that. Uh, we still have plenty to go around. And if you're not signed up for the list, the list is easy to sign up for. It's a link on most of the postings we do. Yes, I'll make sure it's in today's show notes. And with that, I am Adam Curry, former Soviet spy, coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command center in Gitmo Nation West, the People's Republic of Southern California. It's going to be beautiful today. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where the sun still hasn't crept out, but it will, I hope. I'm John C. Dvorak. We will talk to you again on Thursday for early morning service right here on No Agenda.